Uh, one of the four principal functions of the CIA is to gather intelligence and, and ideally forward it to the, the president, the users of information, the policymakers, as they say. There are other functions, however, some of them more legitimate than others. One is to run secret wars, the covert action that's written and talked about so much, like what's happening in Nicaragua today from Honduras. Another thing is to disseminate propaganda to influence people's minds, and this is a major function of the CIA. And uh, unfortunately, of course, it overlaps into the gathering of information. You, you have contact with a journalist, you will give him true stories, you'll get information from him, you'll also give him false stories. Did you do buy his confidence with true stories? You buy his confidence and set him up. We've seen this happen in, uh, recently with Jack Anderson, for example, who, who has his intelligence sources, and he has also admitted that he's been set up by them. You know, every fifth story just simply being false. Uh, you also work on their human vulnerabilities to recruit them in a classic sense, to make them your agent so that you can control what they do, so you don't have to set them up sort of, you know, by, by putting one over on them. So you can say, here, plant this one next Tuesday. Can you do this with responsible reporters? Yes, the Church Committee brought it out in 1975, and then Woodward and Bernstein put an article in Rolling Stone a couple of years later. Uh, 400 journalists cooperating with the CIA, uh, including some of the biggest names in the business. Mm -hmm. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Friday, July 29th, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. Apologies for the short delay there. I'm sure you can imagine why. We have a great show to get into today. A lot of important things to cover. That opening clip is sort of an opening discussion for some of the first foreign policy things we're going to discuss but it also has a very obvious overlap into just everything else we're going to get into. The idea, I mean, obviously Ukraine, I've made a huge point about discussing the CIA building a fascist entity to use against the Soviet Union. And then now again today, same agenda, Operation Aerodynamic comes into today against, the, against Russia using the Azov movement. We've talked about all this. And that gets dismissed as ridiculous until now it's just blatantly obvious. And now it's even squeaking out around the sides of the corporate media. The point is that this is always how this goes. The clip you just saw there, and the person's name is uh, former CIA agent J uh, John Stockwell, openly telling exactly what we're talking about. Uh, not, not even just foreign policy and the idea of wars, but the idea that they're seeding the media with information, both false and intentionally manipulative, even at the point to where they convince those people, the real useful idiots, that they are doing the right thing by lying to the people, by challenging the very premise on which they fun function, the very reason they're there, they tell themselves, to tell the truth, to speak truth to power. And then they blindly acquiesce to power when they say, please do this because it's the right thing. We can see this happening today. So we're going to go over some stuff in foreign policy in regard to those it, that exact point. But we're also going to discuss some other interesting topics today that I think are really important. Censorship being one of them. And th in this case of the last American vagabond. That's not a surprise, right? We've been seeing that over and over everywhere, except this time 
there's an interesting situation going on with a, a lawsuit involving the CDC, Twitter, and during the discovery process, which is where they introduced evidence from both sides, you find out that they were, in fact, speaking directly to Twitter. And it's all coming out now. Free Beacon, Washington Free Beacon put this out, showing you they were telling them which ones to censor, saying this person's spreading misinformation. And both, by, by the way, we'll go over why the two main things they point out are wildly obviously true now, and proven that way with peer-reviewed science and so on. But pointing at these people and saying they need to be removed, looking forward to more meetings with Twitter so we can discuss these things and so on. And guess who has a highlighted tweet in there? Yours truly. Except it was not the last American Vagabond account. It was the second one called You Are All Dunces, uh, you know, ma making a joke from a book. But the point is, we've been on multiple accounts since then. But I've been telling you guys, this is not just some algorithmic thing or just this or that or just some specific, you know, spreading fake news concept. This is about them targeting people. I just had a great interview with Carrie Wedler, Carrie Wedler that'll be coming out soon where she says the same thing, you know, talking about the conversation about it's it's easy to see with her work and the level of her work that it is not fake news misinformation that's getting her censored. We should always consider that there's something like that, but, you know, not, not taking one side or the other being objective, but the reality being that she is outstandingly objective and, and good at what she does. And she's targeted as an individual going all the way back to the original purge. So it's important to see that this is happening. I'm going to show you the documents and everything and how they're targeting people. And I was one of them. We're also going to get into more about how that information is being covered up by doing so and go over all the information that shows you about shedding and all the other conversations and all the horrible things that are happening. The reproductive issues that Fauci is saying we need to research more except telling you you're fake for arguing it's possible. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's never been this stupid. Everything that's happening right now is embarrassing as they waffle about topics and, and, you know, duck walk their way into some conversation that they shouted down 30 seconds ago and go, well, maybe because of COVID. It's just, it's embarrassing. And we all feel it. I mean, everybody right now feels what's happening. The pandemic of the unboosted. <laughs> yeah, that's the pandemic of the injected. We're watching it happen right in front of us. And we're going to go over some more information that they guess at or say we should do. And it turns out that is wrong yet again. But we're going to go over some people being caught as well. Fauci, Burks, even Trump saying things that they lied about. Now we're going to talk about some information from Vayers and how children are still being affected as they force the boosters they don't need on them. Monkeypox is another conversation we're going to have about the emergency that was literally just declared in San Francisco because of this. Despite the fact that it's barely defined if this is even what we're dealing with, it's unbelievably unscientific. Oh, did you hear those new symptoms? So it's almost as if it's literally not even the same thing, but let's not even care about why it might have changed that dramatically in the short period of time or why it may in fact literally be, in my opinion, covering up the side effects that they're doling out with these dangerous injections. If Even if that means there's some other thing happening underneath it all. That's the core game here. Look at this thing over here causing heart attacks. Well, look in the fine print. It's very slim and very rare. So why are you making this big flashy statement about this very rare thing causing potential heart attacks and strokes? Oh, that's right. Because you're giving people things that have a dramatically high rate of heart attacks and strokes. So you're pointing at those everywhere else you possibly can. That's my opinion. I mean, I've proven that in some cases, but that's my opinion that it's happening everywhere, all over the place. And we'll tell you how they're trying to drum up 21 more million billion dollars for monkeypox and other things in the future. And we'll finish with the... <laughs> The first world's heat wave named Zoe. 
not making that up. It's it makes me it gave me a physical reaction how much it frustrated me that they're now naming the fake things that they're creating, just like with COVID-19 and everything else, and how this transitions into the illusion they're building for the Great Reset, the crackdown of the technocratic panopticon and the lies they're telling around it, whether it's climate change or everything else. And the, you know, carbon tracking, the credit cards that are going to do so and the social credit built around it. But it's all fake news up until it's being jammed down your throat. But to start off today, just to give you guys this, as always, to show you where you can check this out. uh, Small account, only 1,700 subscribers. But this video has got 82,000 and there's a reason for that because it's important. Watch the rest of it. There's plenty more like this out there that correlates and, and confirms the same point. Whether we're talking about Operation Mockingbird, which again, by the way, uh, Carrie Wedler did a great breakdown of a while back showing you how it's not as wildly definitive as people like to make it to be. But it's still important to show you that there is very obvious that just like he just John Stockwell just admitted to or admitted to back then, that they influence this stuff. In fact, they they manipulate them into lying to you for their agendas. That's the government we're talking about, guys. That's the point. That's exactly why corporate media or any media is supposed to be, by definition of their job, challenging those people instead of letting them manipulate what they do. That's called one. That's a, they're, they're fanboys of the government, essentially pretending to be challenging the, you know, speaking truth to power. It's very embarrassing. Plenty in the independent media doing similar things today, by the way. I don't know if it frustrates me how these things are working lately. I have this image won't show up. Not that that matters. Here's a great show I just had with James Corbett. There's the image. James Corbett interview the budding biosecurity state and its technocratic future or technocratic culmination, excuse me. And this is a great conversation I just had with James about where this seems to be going and breaking down the information that we've talked about. And really, very few people out there can take victory laps like James can around this specific topic. And he has been knocking this out of the park for a long time. And it's very important to listen up about where this is going and where we already are. Now, on to foreign policy. And the reason I, well, I always chat out the interviews in the beginning, but the reason I come to this right after that is a very interesting thing that's stated right inside this declaration or this post by the U.S. Department of State. U.S. delegation meeting with Taliban representatives. Isn't it just first point? Isn't it funny how it's just like flipping a coin by one day they're terrorists, the next day they're our best friend? You know, whoa, they're terrible and we can't allow anybody else to, or, or rather that they're terrible and we're going to destroy everything we live, democracy and invade our country and we have to invade Afghanistan and 20 plus years later and destroying the entire country they're dealing with them in fact going so far as to say nobody else can go after them now you can't call them terrorists that's the u.s government by the way we just talked about that saying that the taliban is off limits to anybody else now i mean what more do we need to see these people are moving pieces on a broken chessboard play one two and three they're losing control of their narratives these people are the very people that they told you were going to ruin destroy democracies and that's why we needed to invade all these people killed later including americans and now same thing let's meet them and have deals but that's not the main point today on afghanistan central bank reserves sound familiar and why do they want those bank reserves oh to help the afghani people okay so why wasn't that happening in the last 20 years not talking about the money. I'm talking about helping the people on the ground. This is just a ploy to take this money at a time when they desperately need it. To take the money from the Afghani people under a barely, barely hidden guise, if at all, to help the Afghan people. You know what they've been doing the last 20 years? Quote, helping the Afghan people, right? Because that's not what's happened. They've destroyed that country even more. Everything's gotten worse. I mean, this is what they'll tell you. But so now we're going to let them do it again? <laughs> 20 years of effort, and we're going to let them do it again with their money? Why do people let this stuff happen? That's the point. 
nobody lets this stuff happen. They are a tyrannical force marching around the world, acting like they have the support of the people. They don't. Here's what it says. July 28th, Department of State and Department of Treasury to continue discussions with senior Taliban representatives and technocratic professionals in Uzbekistan. Technocratic professionals. Wait a minute. I thought this was a conspiracy theory. I mean, okay, that's the same word. We're technocracy is what we're talking about. It's, it's talking about a technological scientific elite, exactly like we were warned about. So when we say technocracy, fake news, conspiracy theory, you crazy tin foil hat. But then they literally point to working with the technocratic professionals to talk about this. I mean, this is the kind of ridiculousness we find ourselves in. But here's what they say. The United States expressed the need to address the urgent humanitarian situation in Afghanistan. Yeah, the one you guys created. That's also classic U.S. government manipulation. Destroy people and then go, look at how bad it is over there. Let's go, quote, help them. And then when they help them, they make it worse and they rob and steal and destroy. And that's what they do. You point at one place around the world that is fundamentally better because of their occupation. I'll wait. That's right. There are none. It says the two sides discussed ongoing efforts to enable the $3.5 billion in licensed Afghan central bank reserves to be used for the benefit of the Afghan people. The U.S. underscored the need to accelerate the work on those efforts. Please hurry. We're struggling for money. This is frustrating to me because what will happen is the same thing that's happened in Iraq, in Afghanistan, and the same thing that they're aggressively trying to stop from happening in Syria. I mean, that was kind of confusing because I would argue what I said first is what they wouldn't want to happen. But in Syria, the point was there people are trying to start reconstruction and the U.S. won't let it happen because they didn't get what they want. So who are they trying to help in Syria again? The Syrian people? Oh, that's right. And does it help them by postponing reconstruction because Assad is still there? No, it doesn't. It, in fact, destroys things and keeps people starving and keeps them scarce for everything. You get the point. You know, that's all called fighting for freedom under the umbrella of the U.S. government. But here we are as we're working with technocratic professionals and trying to steal money yet again from another reserve bank in another country that they've occupied for decades. Here we are again saving the game, right? This is rescuing people. I mean, it just makes me hurt inside to watch how this continues. But on the other side, in regard to the China discussion, Pentagon, I guess not other side, but another area of the foreign policy conversation, the Pentagon is prepared to protect Pelosi with fighter jets and ships if she visits Taiwan after China warned her not to. This is two days ago. You know, I mean, this is just infuriating because it's there's no reason whatsoever that Pelosi needs to go there. This is just to drum up attention, to distract, and to create more tension in an area where they want to hype up things for, I mean, I don't believe for one second this is... This is just like with Russia and Ukraine. And we know that behind the scenes, there is some coordination between these governments, whether China, Russia, U.S., but in regard to lots of bigger things. Corbett's done work on this. But the point is, in Russia and Ukraine conversation, Russia said, you do this, and that's a red line, and it'll be, that's, and that'll, that's it after that. We're going to take action. And the world and the corporate media in the West, I should say, likes to pretend like that never happened. And then they do what they said not to. And then they start the point. They push into Ukraine. They said, well, we told you we were going to do this. It's exactly the same thing. People like Ro Connor going, they can't tell her where not to go. <laughs> do you realize how dumb this is? Do you realize if China was like, I'm just going to just saunter over into Puerto Rico just because I want to. You can't tell me not to go anywhere. What do you think Biden would say? What do you think Biden would say if they went to Hawaii? Well, a little different. Well, not really. When you if somebody's lived in Hawaii for two years, when you actually ask the Hawaiian people what they think, they're not part of the United States. They're an occupied territory, like many other places are. But Taiwan, same kind of thing. 
I'm trying to think of something very close. In any case, you pick any location for that matter. If China just went inside of South America, they lose their mind. We've all seen it. So why does it make sense for her to be able to do that? Oh, because they're the good guys. Are we really playing this kindergarten game still? Does anybody believe? I don't even think the liberals in the two-party illusion think that Pelosi is a good person. This is just bat-ass crazy, guys. They are creating the problems everywhere. And they just being the governments, really, but in this case specifically, the U.S. government. It is infuriating. But let's, gee, let's wait and see what happens. <laughs> I wonder if it's going to cause tension and they're going to call this out and it's going to cause another bit of divide. And this whole Taiwan-China thing has been building for a while. Now, to reiterate for the thousandth time, of course Taiwan has a right to declare their freedom. But if they do, why doesn't the Donbass? Right? Why doesn't Crimea? Oh, because that's not what's really happening. That's a manipulation. Okay, you could say the same thing here. That this is a manipulation by the U.S. about Taiwan. It's all politics. Do places have the right to declare freedom? According to anybody, yes. Especially the United States, except when there's people they don't want to do that. In this case, it's the same concept, and they want it because it helps them in their agenda. This is just that simple. And I'm tired of people trying to overwhelm this with the, it's just not as simple as that. It, it, it is that simple. Now, I'm not saying that that's the answer to the situation, because obviously, if these people have a situation and they do, or especially, look, if they're living under a tyrannical force like we are, too, under China, in this case, the United States for where we are, they have a right to step away. But it does not mean the U.S. government has a right to use that as a political tool. They're using the Taiwanese people just like they use the Kurds, like they use anybody else. They do not care about what happens to these people. And if you if you think I'm wrong, just look throughout history, even recent history. We don't need that much to recognize that. Here is what China said. We have repeatedly made clear our firm opposition to Speaker Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. If the U.S. insists on challenging China's red line, it will be met with resolute countermeasures. I mean, it's pretty damn simple. You can't just keep going, well, we have a right to, and then freak out when they do something like they promised they would. That's self-fulfilling prophecy. And in general, in case we want to step back and realize, you know, what's really going on, you know, I... I'd love to point out all the countries that China has regime change, but I can't see many of them. I'm not pretending that they're anything good. They're a horrific, tyrannical, authoritarian force, like pretty much most governments are, in my opinion, but they're one of the worst, right alongside the U.S. government and U.K. government and all these other ones doing the same stuff and drooling at what they've already built over there. But realize what the U.S. government has done, which is why people like Caitlin Johnstone, myself, and a lot of other writers will point out that they're Top, top of the worst because of what they've done around the country. Just because you wave a flag and yell freedom doesn't make your horrible actions any better. But this is the reality. U.S. officials admit that the U.S. is fomenting coups and intervening in Latin America in order to control its vast resource wealth. This is the reality. They've admitted this many times. Now, to be clear, make sure you hear the reality within my comments that I'm not arguing that America, or rather because America is you, the people of this country, is what... The, the government is. The government are a bunch of rogue entities that are not representing you. The American people are this country. The government are supposed to represent you. To, be, to pretend the government is the country is one of the biggest illusions of our lifetimes. Now listen to what this has to say because it's pretty obvious that these are the people we should be concerned about. Conducting regime changes around the world and destroying things. If I can find it. Damn it. Went out of my way to make sure. Here it is. In the last uh, two weeks or so, uh, John Bolton, who was the national security advisor for Donald Trump, admitted that he was engaged in um, coup attempts in Latin America. And somebody who is helping.
And, and just to be clear, just because he's from Trump's administration doesn't mean it's only left to right. Please remove the childish two-party paradigm from your mind to watch this show because it is the government that does this. Just doing it now, it was doing it then, it was doing it before Trump. A planned coup d'etat? Yeah. Not here, but, you know, other places. Uh, it takes a lot of work. Uh, he specifically named Venezuela, but he said coup attempts, making it clear that he was involved most likely in other uh, attempts to overthrow governments in the region. And now we have Laura Richardson, who is the head of Southcom, which is the U.S.'s uh, regional military organization, really explaining why we would be involved in such coups. This region is so rich in resources. It's off the charts rich. 60% of the world's lithium is in the region. You have heavy crude. You have light sweet crude. You have rare earth elements. You have the Amazon. She was Now what's really interesting to me is, you know, kind of kind of the quiet part out loud, but why they're beginning to say these things in my opinion is because I've seen numerous conversations where they're using this future, the great reset 2030 agenda kind of idea to argue that it's not fair. Not saying it's not fair, but they're talking about equity and sustainability and saying, well, why will we allow these dictators to control the lithium down in South America? Shouldn't it be fair and should it be equal? Like that's kind of the argument they're making now. And you can see how ridiculous that is. Why do you feel you have a right to what's in their territory in the concept of how you see the world? Would they have a right to what's inside the United States just because that's not equal? You see what I mean? And it's, it's from the current setting. Now, yes, from the technocrats, Klaus Schwab level, I mean, I don't really believe they want equity and sustainability and, and everything to be the same, but that's what they're pushing. And it would be that that's the point to get rid of all these places and make sure that they control everything and dole it out to everybody, including the governments. But the frustrating part of it is, is right this moment, the U.S. government is still doing what it does. And yet they'll stand up and make these arguments for why it's not OK that these people have control of resources that we need, you know, to save lives. Except that last part's not true, right? It's to do we need to carry out our agendas. But they always frame it as, well, we can't. It's the same way they try to make nuclear weapons and, and as the EU has already done. And uh, and what was it? Nuclear weapons and oil as sustainable. They literally now named it an ESG substance that means it's sustainable and, and environmentally sound because they literally argue that those things are a means to an end to stop bad guys, which then gives them the freedom to change things in a good way. Like that's some broken logic. And I'm not making that up. You saw my previous show. Oil and nuclear weapons are now considered green in the EU sphere. How ridiculous is that? So that's how they play this game. Now, sorry, let me finish the clip. Is very candid in talking about the resource wealth of Latin America. And we know that the coup in Bolivia in 2019 that the U.S. backed, Britain backed, uh, was motivated uh, by the desire to control their lithium supply. Bolivia has uh, an extraordinary amount. What's funny to me, though, is remember how remember when that was fake news? I mean, it still is in certain circles. If you talk about this in the corporate media, Fox, CNN circle, it's still fake news. I mean, I can't forget. I forget if whether Tucker pointed out that sometimes he little squeak out through his channel. But the idea being that this was an obvious coup. I mean, this whole thing was carried out by I forget the group now. I'm blanking on the group. Give me the thing in the in the chat. The, the group that came out and made the argument that said, in this, oh, the CAS, I believe, the, the, I believe it's the CAS, came out and basically said, no, the election was not legitimate. It wasn't a democracy. And so they ran Evo Morales out with a, with a military junta, military coup, based on the argument that his election was false, even though it later came out by MIT study that it was not. 
and they just let this military group and that's democracy. Where was the CAS then? And where, where were they going? Wait a minute. Military can't rule. Is How is a military junta control better than an, a, an election, even if it was manipulated? I mean, the argument was they just vanished and they were nowhere to be found. So they lied about this. And then they f- failed to point out that what they did after that, that they created was not even remotely democracy. This is why, guys, we need to be honest about this stuff. They are bad people doing bad things under a flimsy guise of doing the right by the world. Uh, of lith- lithium. Uh, Laura Richardson also mentioned uh, light crude oil, heavy crude oil and other rare minerals that the U.S. wants to control and wants to keep Russia and China from having any access to. And and she made it clear that that is really uh, the causes belli of the U.S.'s military involvement in Latin America. And so here we see the truth that the U.S. is involved militarily in Latin America, engaged in coups in Latin America, not to promote democracy, not to promote freedom, but to get at their very valuable resources. Someone in the chat is saying it's pronounced Hunta. I don't think that's right. Let me know in the chat if I'm wrong. I'll correct myself. I thought it was Junta. But in any case, I do make mistakes. By the way, just on that note, I'm really frustrated that somehow managed to put out James Corbett's interview with the EIT apostrophe S instead of the right ITS. It wasn't it is in the title. I'm 90% sure that was a ridiculous, correct, you know, autocorrect act, but I don't want to blame that in case it was just my mistake. But that's very frustrating because I'm embarrassed by that. But I very clearly know the difference. I just somehow managed to put that out there. But the U is long, Hunter. Well, I'll look that up later. But anyway, a military dictatorship is what we're talking about. But this is the reality, right? This is the reality. They are doing this right now, all over the place, and they'll admit it to you. They'll admit it to you once it's long past, you understand, right? If you tried to argue today they were manipulating Venezuela, you'd, oh, fake news, except you, we literally, like, here's what's funny, actually. They'll admit they do these things, but then when the fervor rises because of whatever's happening in Venezuela, and now suddenly they're the biggest threat to our democracy, well, all the rest of it becomes fuzzy, too. No, that's not true. We may have said that, but that's not real. It's for democracy. And they, they just all, they, they backpedal and equivocate. It's infuriating. But they'll admit it. They'll tell you, because that's what they do. Here's a great clip from some more foreign policy from a good friend or a friend of, I don't know, I've never met him personally, but I really like this, this uh, Kavork. I like this guy, I was going to say, but Kavork Almasian is fantastic. And I've interviewed him before and I've had a couple, uh, couple times. I really recommend his work for those out there that are focused specifically on foreign policy and Syria more than that, especially since I have, you know, broadened, you know, been focused more so on the biosecurity state lately anyway. But as he reports, more from, Ukraine. And on that note, before I even play this, Ukraine, there's a lot going on in Ukraine still. There's a lot of stories that I kind of briefly try to include. For instance, they were just arguing that they murdered 40 POWs and Ukraine saying that it was Russia that did it and Russia saying Ukraine bombed where they were. And it's like at this point, I mean, I'm not going to blindly just trust Russia like I would any, wouldn't anybody. But how many times Ukraine can be caught lying about what they say is happening blatantly? I mean, like real time, ridiculous, huge story lies. And the media never corrects it, even though they're the ones in some ways that could say it, like the R- Russians raping children story, which they even the government came out and said, no, that's completely made up from Ukraine. Why we would take them at face value is just beyond me. My point, though, is that there's so much going on there, but I trust my gut when it comes to what I report on the show specifically. And 
something tells me, I mean, I feel like we did our job there. I feel like we've destroyed the illusion that is the Ukraine narrative, whether it's because they're obviously been training Nazis there for a long time to use against Russia to eventually throw back at people in this country and use the whole domestic terrorism argument. I've made this undeniably clear, but the fact that Zelensky is a puppet, the regime changed before. I mean, guys, this has become almost public knowledge. You may not think so, but there's a reason that that narrative has kind of diminished in the main discussion. So my point is I'll keep covering this where I think it's necessary. And please check out people like Kavork who are continuing or Eva or Vanessa are continuing to knock that out of the park. But you could tell that I've kind of put it off slightly. I just, I feel like there's, it's, clear to me but tell me if i'm wrong but here is Kavork telling you what they're saying still and this is why i think it's so obviously clear i have a chance to kill some russians quote and neo-nazis are quote really good at wasting russians foreign volunteers in ukraine told journalists right but it's all fake news though because we're not training the worst of the worst like they did in syria like they're currently doing in afghanistan like like they do everywhere but no no, no this one's fake though <laughs> don't listen to ever don't trust your lying eyes right I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like many journalists who confuse journalism with propaganda, Lindsay Snell and Corey Pope were recently in Ukraine and reported on the foreign volunteers, or as some would like to call them, mercenaries. While the true number of foreign volunteers is unknown, the Ukrainian Foreign Ministry claimed in March 2022 that more than 20,000 came from 52 countries. However, after heavy casualties among the under-trained and often under-armed International Legion volunteers, many of them have already left the war-torn country. What really caught my attention in the report of Lindsay and Corey is the paragraph that sheds light on the presence of the ultranationalists and neo-Nazis that Western mainstream media and political elites were quick in dismissing their presence, despite the countless reports and investigations that these same outlets posted about the neo-Nazi scene in Ukraine between 2014 and 2021. Long story short, Lindsay and Corey concluded that the presence of the neo-Nazis in Ukraine is undeniable. And the number of Western volunteers have joined Ukrainian nationalist battalions, among them groups affiliated with the right sector, Azov and Carpathian Zish. While some of the volunteers underestimated the influence of neo-Nazis, Steve, who is an American military and medical trainer who oversaw the training of the neo-Nazi Azov battalion, said he saw lots of swastikas and Nazi symbols when he was around Kiev. He wasn't comfortable being around SS logos and asked the translator to tell the Azov militant that they had to take the Nazi symbols off because it may jeopardize the military assistance they are getting from Western countries, but they rejected to do so. More ironic, a Canadian volunteer says he is bothered by the presence of neo-Nazis, but some of them are really good at wasting Russians. I mean, wow. Supporting and fighting alongside Islamist terrorists in Syria was normalized because they are good at wasting Syrians. And now supporting neo-Nazis is also normalized because they are good at wasting Russians? Who thought supporting radical Islamists and neo-Nazis entitles you to be part of the civilized world? Excuse me, my mic, my mic was, I'm going to see mute, mute, mute all through the chat. The problem here is that, is that 
it's infuriating to watch the evolution of this. That 30 seconds ago, it was Nazis and white supremacy and everything in this country is destroying everything all around the world. And that we point out, yeah, but they're arming. You're literally supporting Nazis right now in Ukraine. Oh, fake news. It's so ridiculous. But it's clear. I mean, it's undeniable. It was then. You get the weird fervor pushback from all the bots and manipulated stuff that we're proving these days. But now we can see it. So stand back for a minute and go, okay, how does this make sense? Did they ever care about fighting white supremacy and Nazis like they pretended? Or was that just a means to an end to build this negative energy towards the group they were going to blame for this in this country, January 6th and everything else they're manipulating? But it's we can see what's happening in Ukraine. So now they're arming the Nazis in the Azov movement and everything else and then pretending they're fighting them everywhere else. We need to stand back and go, do they really care about this? Sort of like, do they really care about freedom and free speech as they attack it literally everywhere except they yell about it when they want you to pay attention? Or that they're working with the Taliban despite the fact that they were arguing they were going to fight them? Or Syrians in Syria, that they're going to work with the very people they pretend that they were fighting? Or the reality being the people they pretended they were fighting were always working with them? This is the reality of the world. And it's not just the United States. We're just, I'm an American discussing the American conversation, but it's the UK, it's France, it's all the other groups working with them, guys. And that's what's so incredibly obvious about all this. And that's why Kavork on the scene is doing a great job because he's not afraid to make that clear. Now, last point on foreign policy, there's a lot going on. Robert had a great article put out about the Iraqi parliament being stormed. And here's an interesting conversation to be had about all of this. Now, in no way am I, am I diminishing that there's a huge movement happening. A lot of people everywhere around the world are standing up and pushing back because they're losing their lives to this garbage. But that doesn't mean that there's not efforts to use that. And this is one of those examples, guys. Robert did a great job. He spoke to people on the ground who could prove who get on who on the record under a condition of anonymity, which we should question, like any other time I point that out, but did so to Robert because he was afraid of what would happen to him if he didn't, but exposed to him that this was how this was happening, that these people were paid in a large way to do what you're seeing right here. And the reason being is the, the title says Iraqi parliament stormed by, quote, anti-Iran protesters. What's really going on? Now, this is taking advantage of what's happening around the world to make it look like this Sadar, what this individual uh, here, just in case I don't want to mispronounce his name right here. Maktada al-Sadar is... You, this is a, a puppet, essentially, being led outside forces that are trying to use this to put in power people that are aggressively anti-Iran, which is not the public opinion. This is, read the story for yourself. The reality is this is not what it looks like. Big surprise. Can you guess who might be involved? <laughs> I'm sure you could. But going forward, I want to start with some censorship conversation in regard to not just myself, but everything around COVID and, and, and just the, the, the criminalization, the criminalization of thought of expressing yourself, of expressing ideas that are off limits, which we used to pretend would never happen in free society, right? Until they chipped away at this and said, that's a little too much and that idea is bad, but these ones are okay. And suddenly now you've got limits, which is not supposed to happen with free speech, right? Too late. We're already there. That's, that's, that's how this has gotten. Now we're going to stare. Now, by the way, here's a funny point, a funny point to make in that conversation. I was. I knew this would happen. As I tried, I loaded this every which way on all sorts of private brow. I mean, everything. For some reason, I know, I'm sure you can imagine why this won't. This won't load. Let's see if it does this time. I hope it does. No, nope. no. Nope. For some reason, it won't. Now, basically, what this is. God, it's frustrating though, because I really wanted you guys to see this. Lawrence Fox shared this. Let's see if it plays. Come on, play. Ah, nope. See, every time, every time, guys. 
I'm telling you, this is the world we're in right now. It's unbelievable how often this stuff is happening. And we're, I mean, what we're talking about today, by and large, is censorship, or in this segment anyway. And yet here we are, and this clip is of a, of a guy in the UK who's being arrested publicly, and they state it because he posted something on Facebook. That's it. That's literally what's happening. Not some threat to people, but a comment about what's going on in the world today. And he's getting arrested and handcuffed for it. And of course, Twitter won't allow you to see it. Now, I'm sure once you guys put this on, you probably work on your computer, but I check this everywhere on my phone. I can't get this to play. Simply can't get it to play. Big surprise. I mean, it almost makes the point for us, doesn't it? Welcome to technocracy. And you want me to prove this to you, as I've been saying this before, in regard to how this is not, you know, it, of course, anything could be coincidence. Always the case. I can't prove that any of this stuff is happening specifically because it's censorship or anything else. Not in this case. But I can prove to you that it is happening. And we, I mean, I don't have to say for the first time, we've proven all over the place we're being censored. But this is some real time proof here that we're going to get into. Well, technically, first, I want to read this, but I'll just jump to the point and show you how the CDC coordinated with big tech to censor Americans. I'm going to show you my account listed and highlighted by the CDC to Twitter. I'll show you in a moment. My point, though, is that this kind of stuff, this is what's happening now, whether this is an exact example of it or just a coincidence. But this is happening. They are controlling the flow of information in very clearly technocratic, meaning technology and control of it ways. Government ramps up demands for user info, Twitter warns. Now, the reason I want to play, read this first is because how ridiculous it is that they're almost trying to get ahead of the story that clearly just broke about them censor working with the, with with cdc to censor you which is supposed to be the other way around when places like that are supposed to work help like not allow the government to step in and censor you because that then makes them no longer a free platform but a programmed platform with the especially when the government's involved that's state censorship guys very clearly so at the same time the big surprise they come out with the story going we're warning about governments influencing what's happening yeah you clearly have never cared up until now this seems very couched, but it says Twitter warned on Thursday, yesterday, that governments around the globe were asking the company to remove content or snoop on private details of user accounts at alarming rate. Like, how transparent is this? Clearly, they were trying to let some of the steam out. Shoot, we're being caught. So let's pretend like we're trying to blow the whistle ourselves after we got exposed. That's almost more, that's almost worse, to be honest. But it says the social media company revealed in a new report that it fielded a record number of legal demands. So all they're doing is exposing that the governments for a long time now have been tell asking them to censor people or give them personal data. Now, you know what? There is a huge red fla waving flag of an omission in this article, whether or not they did. Isn't that perfect? They'll go on to bleat back and forth about how they're asking more than ever and they're constantly doing that. They want to censor this and they want to take that out as if it's a suggestive underlying point is that they wouldn't let it happen. We know they let it happen. They've been caught doing this. So it's embarrassing that they write this whole article and Twitter gushes about how government's doing this. Yeah, yeah, and you did it and you let them do it. They asked and you gave it to them. They sent you. They asked to censor us and you censored us. That's what you're admitting to here. Nearly 60,000 60, counts during a six-month period last year, or rather demands, from local, state, or national governments that wanted Twitter to remove content from accounts or reveal confidential information such as direct messages or user locations. Right. Dot, dot, dot. But we didn't do it, though. That's not there. They did do this. You'll read it for yourself. There's nowhere. They continue to point out that they asked and nowhere do they say whether or not they gave in. I think it's obvious that they did. 
It says the U.S. makes up the majority of demands for account information, accounting for 20% of the requests. The majority of demands coming from all governments anywhere in the world to censor and ask for your personal information they don't have a right to in, in regard to the account on Twitter is the U.S. government. More than China, more than anybody. You want to explain that? The good freedom, free speech to protecting group? Because that's not the truth. Meta which owns Facebook and Instagram, which is, is Facebook, also reported an increase in government asks for private user data during the same time frame. Again, no, did you give it to them? <laughs> Obviously, of course they did. They've already admitted this in the past. Okay, so now that Twitter's trying to get out from under this story, let's see what the real story is. How they coordinated with big tech to censor you. This is from two days ago. The CDC coordinated with social media companies and Google to censor users who expressed skepticism or criticism of COVID-19 vaccines. Yeah, that didn't age well, did it? <laughs> We're very clearly seeing how this is playing out. And this is according to a trove of internal communications obtained by America First Legal and shared exclusively with Washington Free Beacon. Over the course of at least six months, starting in December 2020, CDC officials regularly communicated with personal uh, excuse me, personnel at Twitter, Facebook, and Google over vaccine misinformation. And we know how many things they've named vaccine misinformation that were later admitted to. At various times, CDC officials would flag specific posts by users on social media platforms, such as Twitter, as example posts. This is what I'm going to show you next. They sent this to, the C CDC sent this to Twitter and said, these ones need to be removed. In one email, a CDC staffer, a Twitter employee, it set, uh, to, in one email to a CDC staffer, a Twitter employee said he is, quote, looking forward to setting up regular chats with the agency. I mean, that, that's crossing lines, guys. Over Other emails show the scheduling of meetings with the CDC over how to best police uh, how to best police alleged misinformation about COVID vaccines. Although, <laughs> excuse me, one second. Although, Many of the posts flagged by the CDC contained false information about the COVID vaccines. The efforts to police misinformation also resulted in mistaken acts of censorship. Now, what this article is trying to do is be objective. And, and But what they're omitting here is that there are people that were not swept up in accidental censorship. They were targeted because of the things they said, even though they knew that they weren't false. What they're essentially doing there, and I get it, writing this in a way that doesn't make them get called out as conspiracy theorists, but I still argue it's not the right thing to do. The point is that, yes, there are people that spread fake information. I still argue they shouldn't be censored. That's the same point. Whether you have a right to be wrong, you have a right to say things that aren't true. That's called free speech. Everyone else has a right out there to manage their own intelligence, their own life, you know, personal responsibility and do their own due diligence, not be mindlessly led by the nose and say, nope, you can't trust them because we told you. It's you're an adult. You're a grown up. Do your own due diligence. The point is that they're arguing that some people were in, had misinformation. That is true, though but that other people also got mistakenly censored, but all they're pointing out is things that they, for instance, this, you know, like, as it says right here, the Wyoming health communications place got censored too. And all that really shows you is that they broke their algorithm. They're asking it to censor things that are based on words, not on content. That's what happens. So they put out a thing about vaccine and maybe a potential issue. Oh, censor because no vaccine's safe, no matter what. And it goes, wait a minute, guys, that's, that's an official post. So is it really about truth? No, and we all know that. Deep down, when you have stuff like that happen, you know that's the case. But it says the 
April 2021 email from a CDC staffer to Facebook states that the algorithms that Facebook and other social media networks are apparently using to screen out posting by sources of vaccine misinformation are also apparently screening out valid public health messaging. Now, how do you possibly explain that other than it's not about truth or false information, true or false information, it's about talking points. But it says the CDC's effort to police alleged disinformation expanded to other federal agencies as well. Shocking. Twitter and Google declined to comment. Big surprise. The CDC did not respond to a quest for comment. Of course. Like, they declined to comment. CDC didn't even get back to them. Because that's embarrassing for them. Because this has been one of the most damaging things in history for their reputation. Which, good, because they're a disgusting, dishonest organization that's been called out by the WHO, by the HHS, by the BMJ. And I've shown you these endlessly. Even Forbes.com wrote an article back in 2010 saying how the WHO faked a pandemic. And then 2011, the WHO's own people wrote about how they lied about these things and how it's all about the same stuff, guys. Same people like Fauci. Here we are. New personnel in place. Big surprise. But here was the point about personally censoring me. As I pointed out, and here's her tweet first, Mary uh, Tally Bowden, MD, lawyer up Twitter and CDC. America First Legal obtains emails between CDC Director of Digital Media, Carol Crawford, and Twitter execs on how to suppress free speech examples in the thread. And she lists a bunch of them, one of which includes me. But as I said, T-Lab's previously censored Ural Dunce's account, which is no longer there, was mentioned by name in an email between the CDC and Twitter regarding targeted censorship of this account. The issue in question, which I'll show you, spike protein shedding. Right, which Dr. Warren, the discoverer of mRNA himself, admitted is happening. In fact, Twitter censored him for saying that and then reinstated it because he's obviously the expert of experts in that topic. So how are you going to reinstate his account that literally, or the tweet itself, that literally says, yes, it can happen, and then still seek me out and censor my account because it's not about true or false. It is about what they can get away with. Here's the proof of month. Many, by the way, please look through this stuff, guys here. This is this is introduced in discovery during this lawsuit that shows this stuff. It says COVID misinformation. And this is between Crawford from from the CDC or excuse me. It was uh, was it Crawford at. Where uh, where was it? Right. Oh, it's right here. Yeah, the digital meet the director, CDC director of digital media, Crawford. That's interesting. They have a director of digital media and then Twitter execs themselves. And it point says right here, we wanted to point out two issues that we're seeking a great, seeing a great deal of misinfo about the vaccine shedding and microchips. Now, obviously you can see my post. I'll show you has nothing to do with microchips. So I'm on the shedding side of that, but it says the below are just some example posts. We do plan to post something shortly to address vaccine shedding. And I can send that link soon. Our census, our census team copied here has much more info if needed. Also, we're standing up a Bolo COVID misinformation meeting and inviting all tech platforms. I'll include you on this invite, but if you propose an alternative approach and so on. Okay. Down here it says post text and the links showing you which ones they're highlighting. Like specifically post a bunch, but highlight the ones of interest at the very top. And of course you will notice your all dunces right there. For the podcast, it's the show that was called COVID, and in quotes, because I was quoting Dr. Warren, vaccine shedding, comma, evidence SARS-CoV-2 spike protein can alter human genes, and varies varies truth. Now, the gene part of it, of course, they would go after too, but that's not what they were focused on in this case, because they listed the two things they were pointing out. But 
We also know that's been proven. I mean, for crying out loud, I wasn't going to get into it today, but Kim Iverson was just let go essentially from the Hill because she went after these things because she called them out because I mean, there's, there's even the frustrating part that they, they I'm going to share a clip of this Fauci interview that they did, which was just completely ridiculous in the sense they didn't really push back on all of his BS where she should have been involved because she would have been the one to actually ask valid questions. That's probably why they pushed her. There, there's a whole Daily Beast article calling her conspiracy theorist. I mean, how pathetic. These people are eating themselves alive to get rid of anybody that even questions this stuff. The point is, yes, they can alter your genes. Yes, they can alter your DNA. There's been multiple peer-reviewed studies from Nature and Science.org that have said the same thing. I think, what was it, MIT? I think it was, in any case, there's high-level peer-reviewed science that says yes. At the very least, that it's not complete, that it, it's not that it's possible and needs more research. So it's not something you can just delete or censor because that's what we're discussing is the evidence, right? Okay. So here is the point about the shedding. Just in case there's those that are watching that go, oh, it's not real. Even if it wasn't, you have a right to ask whether it is, which is all this show ever does. I'm never someone that comes out and goes 100% for sure, unless it is proven, realistic, verifiable, <clears throat> excuse me, information. You know that, and that's why they hate this show. It's hard to see it as anything other than objective, even if we're talking about crazy topics. But before we go on to the next part, this is the point that we that we always make. As Ariel points out, remember when everyone said private companies can do what they want? Well, that is true. But if the government is telling them what to suppress, then it's obviously state spent censorship. It's First Amendment violation. And this is proof. That's exactly what this is. But, I mean, I don't have any faith in the system anywhere, whether it's the judicial system or the executive branch, any of it, that it's going to work properly because it's already been broken for a long time. But what's important is that you see it and that you see that they don't care about you. Now, here, I have a lot of evidence of this, including Warren's tweet itself and the censored Wayback Machine version. But here is a, po a post from Andy Today. MRNA technology pioneer says COVID-19 vaccinated people can shed spike protein. Twitter says delete this. One of the pioneers of mRNA technology, Luigi Warren's Twitter account, has been suspended for now. And this, they, oh, there you go. I forgot how it in here. There's the tweet right there. They reinstated his account just to give you the update right away because he made clear that he's the expert of experts on this topic. It says right here, I believe the shedding idea is that the vaccinated shed spike protein, not virus. And it's certainly true that people vaccinated with mRNA vaccines do shed spike protein, but in minuscule amounts that almost certainly can't cause disease and malaise and others. Now, that, that's a, the second point there is what would be, it would challenge the larger point, but first just acknowledge, and I'll show you why I disagree with that and why he later admits other things as well, but recognize the idea. He is 100% saying that he believes that it can shed. They censored it and then reinstated it. And yet then went on to censor me based solely on the idea that I quoted him saying it and pushed it out there. Just like when I quoted Dr. McCullough saying exactly what the peer-reviewed study said, holding up the image on the screen, and all I did was literally in quotes, quote what Dr. McCullough said while he read from the study and put the video. That's what just got my last account censored. I mean, this is just next level obvious and embarrassing, but the problem is that people want to go along with it because of partisanship. The reality is, this is very clear. They censored this. <clears throat> now, there was the other, uh, oh, that was, oh, the other point in regard to the minuscule amounts is that since this tweet went out, the evidence has evolved. And it's very clear that it's not a small amount. 
In fact, the argument was that it's such a minuscule amount because it doesn't circulate in your body. It doesn't reproduce more than one. We know none of that's true. In fact, we've proven that. Here's the one from, specifically from another peer-reviewed study, Oxford Academic, circulating SARS-CoV-2 vaccine antigen detected in the plasma of mRNA-1273 vaccine recipients. 11 of 13 participants showed detectable levels of SARS-CoV-2 protein, spike protein, as early as one day after the injection. They've shown since then that it's within an hour and that it's more than you think, and it continues to reproduce, especially, or reproduce, well, maybe that's the right word, continues to make more spike protein. Plenty of experts have made this clear. Then we also know, according to Salk Institute and plenty of other high-level scientific outlets, that the spike pro proving, their study proved, they wrote that, that the spike protein by itself was enough to cause disease. Not just get you sick, but cause disease, which means it has symptoms, which means it can spread. That's my point that I continue to make about, that's probably what we're calling Omicron. This is some, what is that? If that happened, you know it can happen. It's saying it right there. So when that spike protein inevitably sheds and spreads and can cause disease, if it ends up in getting you sick, which it can, I don't know the parameters of it, but it can, that's what they're proving here. What is that called? Is that COVID-19? Well, no, it's something very different. It's just the spike protein alone. Is that monkeypox? Is that Omicron? Who knows? Because they, nobody cares to actually look at this stuff. But the point being, yes, it can shed. Yes, it's dangerous. Yes, it can cause disease. And yes, it's a hell of a lot more in your body than we originally thought. So going back to the point that if he knows it can shed and we've later found out that there's more of it, then yes, this is a big deal. But the only point that needs to be made is that the expert said it can shed. And yet here they are making a huge statement about only thing, just vaccine shedding. Not how much, not to what degree, not to how far, but that it happens. And they censored me specifically based on that alone. And as well as everybody else down here. Now, I'll be honest, you can read through some of these points. And I would agree that some of these aren't real. That some of these are hyperbolic and some of these are not cor correctly free. Whatever. I still argue none of them should be censored. But the bottom line is we were for sure using something that they knew was true. Now, is that, is that going to change anything? Probably not. I mean, I, I'm going back and forth whether I even want to reach out and try and be involved in this. I don't. I doubt whether they even want me involved. They probably think from their perspective that I'm conspiracy theory too. God knows. Independent media also looks at me that way. I don't understand why. I mean, I do to a degree, but I think it's weak. I think it's obvious if you care to look that we're being objective. We just talk about things that others are afraid to get into. But at the same time, I feel like these things can drag out all of your energy and so on. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. The bottom line is we were right. You were right. On that same note, check this out. Reinfection, severe outcome, which by the way, is not even true. Like they say this in this headline and you can see literally everywhere other than this new discussion of only BA5 that this is not more dangerous. And even in this article, they go more severe except same time they'll admit hospitalizations and deaths are not going up. <laughs> but severe outcome, those are severe outcomes. If you're not going to the hospital, you're not dying, it's not severe, but you'll see my point. They're arguing reinfection and severe outcomes are more common with the BA5 variant, if that's even what we're talking about. The virus spike protein they're claiming is now toxic to heart cells. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's called the injection that's causing heart attacks that you're using these things to cover up. That's what I think, by and large. Here's what it says. The following is a summary of some recent studies on COVID-19. They include research that warrants further study to corroborate the findings and th that has yet to be certified by peer review. Now, I'm never one that says it's not peer review. We should look at it. We should look at everything. Preprints, 
hypothetical conversations, anything, conspiracy theory, you should be able to question, ask things, research, look into it. But what I love is that if we were saying this, if I came out and said, look at this new study that says things can shed, it's pre, it's preprint. Oh, you're so stupid, Ryan. It's not even peer reviewed. We've all heard that. That's the first thing that gets pushed back. But then they come out and say, everything changes. Maybe because of these preprints we haven't fleshed out yet. Why is that different? It's not. And you know that. It's all double standards and hypocrisy everywhere. It's overflowing. But these non-peer-reviewed studies that they haven't fleshed out, that they still say have to be studied further, are going to be used to make every argument from this paragraph forward. Because <laughs> that's smart, right? But it says reinfection, severe outcomes may be more common. Wait a minute. More, I don't see maybe in the title. I see reinfections, severe outcomes, more common. Isn't that wrong? Reuters, right? Where everybody else gets their information, including the corporate media. Isn't that dishonest? Yes, it is. They, they are not more common if it's maybe more common. My God. And it goes on to say, compared with earlier Omicron BA2 subvariant, BA5 is linked with higher odds of causing a second reinfection. That is so ridiculous. Linked means correlation. It's not proven. That's the point of not being peer reviewed. And they, they, it's linked not even with a specific increase, but with higher odds of causing that increase. Talk about unscientific and an abstract reaching argument. But let's make, you guys, my point is this is everywhere. You're going to find this in every outlet everywhere. They're going to put this out because Reuters did. And it's what they want to say, even though it's not rooted in, in what they would say we have to use. Virus spike protein damages heart muscle cells. Now we can point out how obviously this is overlapping with what is actually causing heart problems, the injections they're giving everybody. The spike protein on its surface that the coronavirus uses to break into heart muscle cells also triggers a damaging attack from the immune system. Great. So now it's attacking your immune system and your heart. Gee, what else is doing that right now? Definitely not the injections that are safe and effective, safe and effective, right? I mean, my God. Now, look, let's be honest and objective about this. If there is something circulating called COVID-19, that's a big if for me as well. The argument that it does have an effect on your heart or causes myocarditis and all the stuff they're saying, let's just give them that for the argument. Trust me, it's completely not proven in my mind that that's even there. But the idea that it can, just give them that in this argument because the point being that it's so flimsy and so minute compared to what is happening that you can't even make this argument. You can't pretend that the spike protein only from COVID-19 is the problem. Why? Because we know that by itself, as we just pointed out with the Salk Institute, by itself causes disease. That's the same spike protein, whether it's in your vaccine or whether it's in whatever they say is circulating. That's the reality, especially since what they're doing this study on is the original one we talked about, the original, as they call the Wuhan isolate, right? Well, that's the same one they have in the injections they're getting people. You could, you could even argue that if this is a thing and it has variants, that those would be different spike proteins, and that's why it's less concerning. But this thing they're giving you in the injection is the original thing, the most dangerous thing, the one that's really hurting people, and probably the only thing that's actually there and hurting people. But you see my point? That's important. That they're pointing at this thing, like, oh, it's heart muscles and immune system. Well, for crying out loud, if it even is that, it's way less dangerous by your own definition. But what's not is the original spike protein you're still forcing people to get four, five, six times. And it's not even six times the spike protein. It's the injection that causes it over and over and over for your life, for your reduced immune system. I mean, my God. 
then to go back a step to 2021, let's revisit what they were saying. Because I love to point this stuff out. Press briefing by the White House, right? Says we're intent on not letting Omicron disrupt work and schools for the, the vaccinated. Ah, we know who cares about those gross vax unvaxxers over there. Who cares about those kids that don't have the choice? Those gross children of those gross parents. Like, obviously, I'm the one saying that. But you know, just are they are they the government of the vaccinated? I mean, it's just so insulting to your intelligence to act like one that they only aim the the disruption and the saving of the. It, you, it frustrates me that they pretend like they're fighting for everybody when it's so blatant that they're using this as a tool. But it says, you've done the right thing and we will get through this. They're speaking to only the vaccinated. You've done the right thing and you'll get through this, but not those gross ones over there. You know, the half the country sitting over there. In fact, I argue it's way more than that. But it says, for the unvaccinated, you're looking for a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves. Well, that didn't happen. For families and hospitals, you may overwhelm. Nope, nope. Very clearly, the data showed that it's predominantly the injected. And you just go, well, that's expected, though, because most of them are vaccinated. Well, wait a minute. If it was expected, then why would you argue that we would overwhelm the hospitals? Isn't that funny and contradictory? Yes, it is. The unvaccinated are going to overwhelm them. And then when it happens that it's the vaccinated, you just go, well, yeah, we knew that would happen. Yeah, that doesn't make sense, guys. Sorry. So our message to every American is clear. They say there is action you can take to protect yourself and your family. Yeah, the real action is to run screaming from the injection they're giving, but it says wear a mask. You know, the things that increase your risk of illness, that cause damage to the children, that are very clearly increasing everything according to the Fogan effect and the peer-reviewed science around it, or the fact that cloth masks themselves are increasing the risk of, I mean, everything about them are dangerous and wrong and do not statistically significant reduce transmission. Everyone's knowing this now, apparently, except N95 is the right way to go. No, still not true. The data shows and it always has from day one. So wear a mask to protect yourself, they say. How crazy is that that we're still there? Let's just, since I bring it up, and I think I have one more point on masks, you know which one I'm playing. Despite the science, the Fulgen effect. This study revealed that wearing face masks might impose a great risk on individuals. New study, face mask usage correlates with higher death rate, was not able to reduce transmission also suggests the universal use of masks may have had a harmful unintended consequence. The carbon dioxide content in inhaled air rises on average to 13,000 parts per million, no matter whether children wear a surgical or a higher level mask. This, that one seems pretty damn relevant right now, doesn't it? Like when everyone's freaking out about the climate change and everything, like you're literally giving kids these masks that they were wearing. And this is peer reviewed for crying out loud. This is from sciencedirect.com. All these are peer-reviewed except one, I believe. And the point is that you're increasing their risk of carbon dioxide. Remember when that original story came out and they were like, you guys are so stupid. That's not how you even do that. And it's not, the OSHA sensor's not done right. And it's court, it's in a mask. Well, are you telling me that this scientific institution and these scientists didn't know that and that you're right as a Twitter poster? Come on, guys, this is obvious and it's dangerous. You're talking about dramatically times the amount. 2,000 ppm is the highest it should be, dangerous level. And they have 3,000 ppm parts per million. If they wear a mask, these are children. And that's not even counting whether they run, do the mile and PE, the whole damn thing. It's alarming how bad these are for everybody. Higher level masks. This study, the random controlled trial of cloth masks, moisture retention, reuse of cloth masks, and pore filtration may increase your risk of infection. Cloth masks should not be recommended. In the pooled analysis of everything, we found no significant reduction in influenza transmission with the use of face masks. There is limited evidence for their effectiveness in preventing influenza virus transmission, either when worn by the infected person for source control or when worn by uninfected persons to reduce exposure. Yeah, and there goes your save your grandma argument. Like, they still push that, by the way. It's not about, it's about protecting everybody else. 
That's about you wear it to protect your neighbor. Like I just saw someone made that argument. I mean, you're stuck back in 2020, guy. There's so much information out there and you're trusting the CDC. Our systematic review found no significant effect of face masks on transmission of laboratory-confirmed influenza. Okay, and it continues. So wear masks, because those work, right? Get vaccinated, get your kids vaccinated, and get a booster shot when you're eligible. Yeah, the, so a vaccine and a booster based on the original thing that's no longer circulating. That is still one of the largest points that nobody addresses. In, in the corporate media, I mean, and the government. There's plenty of people pointing this out. That's Again, and this is where it gets that you bump heads with the, there's nothing there at all, it doesn't make sense. Well, I get that, and I'm not even disagreeing entirely. The point is that within their narrative, they're arguing that this is the right thing to do. And you'll see their discussion had about how we need new things because this is not the right variant. And then Fauci and Cole and plenty of other people on the record will say that if you make antibodies for the wrong thing, that it's dangerous. It's all right there in public available information. Now, even if you dispute one of the parts, it's not the part whether it's actually the case. It's that they're saying that, and then they're not acknowledging their own statements. How can you give something based on an original isolate that's being made antibodies for something that they admit is not even there anymore? They're the ones saying that 80% of what this country right now is Omicron, the Omicron variant BA5. Don't forget, by the way, there's no possible way they could know that. It's an estimation, and they admit that when you dig in. But regardless of that, they're telling you it's 80%. And then underneath that, it's the rest of them. It's the other Omicrons and maybe a little Delta. So if you're giving somebody something that's that far removed, you're making antibodies for something that's not there or something that's never been there. And you're still hurting people with bad antibodies. The bottom line is that's crazy. And that's why they're trying to rush out things right now. I mean, I'll skip to the end real quickly and show you Fauci saying BA5 specific booster shots are the country's best guess. Yeah, best guess. Great science, Fauci. My point is that if we're already pointing at that and saying coming up very soon, BA5 booster is the only one you should get, why would anybody rush out to get something that's based on something else and add into that all of the very serious things we're seeing, especially when you're not at risk, this isn't dangerous, and on and on and on. I mean, my God, this is crazy. Every day it gets more and more ridiculous. But yeah, go get those things for your kids, even though we don't know if it's safe for them. He says, so I'll say it once more. Get vaccinated. Okay. Well, that was 2021. How did it turn out? Oh, that's right. He says, Biden threatens the unvaccinated. And this is uh, 2021 as well. The unvaccinated will pay the price. Well, I said, and that price turned out to be a retaining a healthy immune system and a clean conscience. <laughs> Damn, you got us, Biden. Pandemic of the injected. Or now, technically now, pandemic of the unboosted because they're afraid to point at the reality. Now they're calling it unboosted. Oh, you're unboosted. You're the ones getting sick. Yeah, doesn't that then clearly imply that the ones getting sick are the ones with injections in their body? It does. I don't even know how they get away from that right now. This says, or, you know, I, I forgot I do have this. I'm going to play this clip. Or I think I do. Maybe I don't. Maybe it's the one I forgot, which seems to happen these days. Let's see. Oh, there it is. Maybe I should just stop the commentary. It's not expose myself. Booster shots. They weren't available a year ago. They are now everywhere. Every person age five and over should get a booster shot. If you're over 50 years old, you should get two booster shots. I did. And if you have your boosters, one if you're under 50, two if you're over 50, your odds of getting severely ill from COVID are very, very low. Oh, did you hear that? That's fantastic. So if you go out and get four shots over the process of, four, of three months, your risk of getting it's low. So you can still get sick. 
Four shots. And each shot, by the way, each shot increases your risk of infection for about a week. Remember, that's proven. That's their own data. Then after three months, it dramatically increases your risk of infection. So you have to squeak those in in between and, and kind of ebb and flow throughout your increase and decreasing risk of infection, right? And even though all of that said, you can still get sick, but it's good because it reduces your symptoms a little bit, right? I mean, this is just madness. There is nothing that makes sense about this other than agenda and politics. And then on top of all of that, we're talking about all of the other things it can do. Why would you take that with that low, with the low risk this is caused? Like, they're still pretending we're in the beginning argument here. They admit Omicron is not increasing hospitalizations and deaths. So now we're just talking about the, the phantom long COVID, maybe, and some sniffles. I mean, look, everyone, if the, the point that everyone tries to make is, well, people could still die. Well, yeah, people could still die from the flu back in the day. We didn't close the world down because of the hypothetical possibility of something that's not dangerous, killing some people that are at risk. People like that take precautions. The bottom line here is that you're in a position where you are not accomplishing anything. And then you add on all the increased risk of the myocarditis and blood clots and heart attacks. I mean, this is a no brainer. I've never seen something so clear in my life. I'm trying to do my best to not become so overwhelmed like, that I'm, you know, mi missing the forest for the trees. Because as much as I can see how clear this is, I'm still trying to remain objective. But my God, this is wrong. Even older Americans are very unlikely to get severe COVID if they have two booster shots. Most COVID deaths are among those who are not up to date on their shots, their COVID vaccinations. Okay, so most of the deaths are people that have vaccines in their body, but not the right amount of vaccines in their body. Did you miss that? Those who are not up to date. Most COVID deaths are among those who are not up to date on their shots, their COVID vaccinations. How could you possibly make sense of that except a pandemic of the injected? Wouldn't it be that the most deaths are from the anti-vaxxers that aren't doing what they're told because they're the ones at risk? How do you possibly argue that the people that are taking injections, which is supposed to reduce their risk of infection and death and everything else, or rather, the, no, infection's out the window now. That's long since been proven wrong. But that there's, it reduces your hospitalization and death. Or go back to the beginning where they say, if you take this shock, you won't go. You're not going to die. You're not going to go in the hospital. You can't keep arguing that most people are injected. Therefore, it makes sense that most people dying are injected. That's just not a good selling point. And on top of that, the data shows you that the percentage of people that are dying being injected compared to the percentage of people that are injected in most of these places means that the best case scenario that there is no benefit. I'll show you that in a minute. So if you're over 50 and you haven't gotten a booster shot this year, go get one right away. Scary. As I said, as I told you, they are transitioning to the pandemic of the unboosted. Since it's so obvious that the unjabbed are better off than anyone else, this is still a pandemic of the injected. Now, two days ago, this is what they put out. COVID is still causing havoc around the world. Just in case you weren't scared that day, just in case you forgot that this was happening. I'm talking about the, the, the normies out there that are not understanding what's really going on. They want to keep pumping. Oh, did you forget? Be scared. You're going to die tomorrow. Be, oh, get the jack, get a booster. That's what this is. It's, it's mayhem what they're doing. And this is, oh, this is bad level propaganda that is putting people in bad places that are buying it. That are keeping you in a state of flight, fight or flight, you know, which in and of itself reduces your immune system. In and of itself hurts your body. That's a, that's a medical fact. Because the idea, classically, fight or flight only happens when you're in risk, right? When, you know, a long time ago, running from a predator. 
And so it literally shuts everything down and puts all of your resources in the efforts of, you know, adrenaline and, and awareness and your, and every, everything. Then it's a brief moment. And then it goes back to normal. Not when you're living your life in that, right? In fight or flight for eight hours a day at your job, that's really bad for you. But here's what it says. The number of new COVID cases is rising once again. And while the virus isn't killing nearly as many people as it used to, note how they don't want to define that, which is basically nobody right now. Thanks to vaccinations. Well, that's not true. It is still causing havoc around the world. Now, what's funny about the way they always frame this, and I'll make this clear as we go through more points, is that it's always that literally nothing else in the world is, is of concern. The only thing we're trying to stop is COVID death, even though that's like an undefinable thing at this point. That's it. It doesn't matter whether there's other things happening or whether the vaccines you're giving them to arguably reduce that is causing way more problems itself. None of that matters because the only thing we're just getting COVID gone. COVID's the danger. That's it. Nothing else matters. Flu's gone. Pneumonia's gone. Everything's gone. Everything's not a problem except COVID. You'll see that going through and you all know that already. So is it because thanks to vaccinations? Like think about how dumb it is. They're, trying, they're arguing that something that is provably scientifically, if you believe it's there, less dangerous. When I say provably scientifically, that's what they're saying, right? They're pointing at it and saying, our studies show Omicron is not as dangerous. And then when they get sick and it's less dangerous, you go, oh, vaccines did it. Vaccines are the reason. That's what they just said right there. It isn't killing as many people. Thanks to vaccination. That's not true. I mean, it's, it's simply not true based on their own information. The latest wave of infections is driven by the most infectious and transmissible variant, BA5. Not deadly. Not, not even causing hospitalization. Just more in fact, remember we made this point way back in the beginning when they quietly stopped talking about death and started hyping cases. It's how they kept the fear going. If it's not causing more death and in hospitalization, which it's not, then it's the flu, which by the way, is statistically what we're talking about. In fact, less dangerous than the flu for the vast majority of people. Remember that was admitted a long time ago. We just, they just don't care. In the US, BA5 accounts for about 80% of new cases. 85, apparently, according to other outposts. According to the latest data, 80%, they say. So you're giving somebody something that is based on an old isolate producing the wrong antibodies, even though 80% are having something else. The variant is keeping experts on their toes because of its ability to evade immunity and cause reinfection. <laughs> Great. So rush out and take the injection that they're telling you won't stop it and won't stop you from getting it again. Right? But you know what does? Natural immunity, which is routinely shown to work specifically against Omicron. People who are more likely to die, and this is constant all across countries, are people who have not been vaccinated. What are you talking about? Statistically speaking, everything shows us this. All the science, everything shows you that's not the case. Let's get into it. Actually, first, what I want to point out is one thing about how they keep this going. Something I pointed out with my father, who was told he had COVID. And they said, okay, go home. And when you get real sick, come and let us know. That's actually what is still happening. Still. Because even Paxlova, they go, well, wait until you're super sick. And they'll, my God, there is an endless amount of things, including things like vitamin D, that will and do scientifically proven to have a dramatic effect. Vitamin D, there's a huge study on how high levels of vitamin D have a huge effect on COVID-19. But you get sick in this world in the COVID-19 mania hospitals, and they say, go home. That's what this article is about. Here's why nothing happened after you tested positive. Now, this is for those that believe there's something circulating. The idea being that if there is something circulating and you're being told to go home and not deal with it, isn't that, a, isn't that self-fulfilling prophecy? 
You're literally, go come back when you get sick. And they go, oh, we're overwhelmed. Well, why wouldn't you do anything to help them with a respiratory problem? He says, last week I posed the question, what happened to you right after you tested positive? He says, for the majority of positive people across the advanced health economies, that's Europe, North America, Australia, New Zealand, and maybe South Africa, it's likely that absolutely nothing happened. You got told you were sick with a novel disease, but you were not offered any treatment at all. Quote, you're sick. There's absolutely nothing we can do for you. You reasonably thought nothing of it and probably assumed it was because no treatments existed. Some people, maybe. But the point, he says, right now, our primary weapon in fighting is the whole point. The article, the article goes into hydroxychloroquine and SARS and how, you know, and then promotes a documentary at the end. I just want to use this to point this out. The one thing I want to get at. He says the primary weapon in the fight of COVID-19 is a vaccine, they claim, which is developed for an extinct virus. That's my point from before. BA5, the current dominant strain, is not the Wuhan strain. But it's definitely closely related, much like SARS-CoV-1 and SARS-CoV-2. So why were we able to keep going with a medical product designed for a related virus with a novel vaccine? But we can't do that with an antiviral drug we've known about for decades or anything. How about we use ivermectin that's been shown roundly? Japanese study, peer review, just found that it has dramatically good effects for ivermectin. But of course, none of the media talked about it because they've already made their bed with that. They've already laughed at people for pointing this out. Horse paste and all this. Right. So now when they're very clearly proving that this is having dramatically good effects, well, one, if that's the case, you can't emergency authorize any of these things anymore. So they're not going to let that happen. And two, they can't admit they were stupidly, aggressively clown shoe wrong. Right. Like waving around going, you guys are so stupid. So they don't talk about it. <clears throat> the point is, there's a lot of things you could do that would help you in any situation with any respiratory virus. But they're not giving anybody anything other than come back when you're sick. How do you not see that for what it is? So that point, showing you how it's easy to bolster these things when they want to. We also have this great, great uh, article and based on a study. The latest ONS data, the Office of National Statistics, show that 93% of COVID deaths in April and May in the UK were of vaccinated people. Now, that's the point they make over there. He just said that. Biden just said that most of the people are dying are those that don't have the booster. But they're vaccinated. They, you're, not, you're not vaccinated. If, you, if you're getting boosters, that means you already got two, one or two shots in your body. It says in a population that is 93% vaccinated. That's my point from before, suggesting zero protection. The same is true in each age group, in every age group, guys. The point being, if 93% is vaccinated and 93% of the people vaccinated are the ones dying, at the best case scenario that shows that it's not helping in any way. My point is that it's it's obviously hurting dramatically. But you can check it. The link is right here. The reason I'm not going to dive into this deep is because I've been making this point from UK data for almost a year. Because the data has continued to show that. Both that in, in Scotland and Alberta and, and Ontario and all these different places we've been using. New South Wales. It's obvious. Actually, on that note, I don't want to open it now. It'll derail the show. But I forgot that I haven't updated this New South Wales data in a while, which always... Well, let's, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it shows you, and I'll do it probably tomorrow or the next show, that the vast majority of people, God, I want to do it right now. Son of a gun. Let's see. Real quick. <laughs> I'm laughing at myself. Trust me. I just can't put it down, but it's, I can do it pretty quickly. This is an important point to make right here. I knew, th I knew there'd be a new one. So this is the, the newest one from New South Wales. Same point about the pandemic of the injected. And shot, I don't even need, I can already tell you what I'm going to see. And I, it's right here. It's going to be the vast majority happening in people with injections. Here we are. Check this out. This is vaccination status. 
and we have I, uh, the not ICU, but hospital. Then we have ICU. Then you have deaths. Okay. No dose, no dose. You have only one hospital, only one ICU and 15 death. That's it from this entire period, which is the week ending in July 23rd. So this last week period, that's it. Now, by the way, fifth, those 15 could easily have one injection, but not 21 days. Cause that is what's happening here. But let's just, so let's just say it's 15 deaths of unvaccinated. Just, just for the, we also have to admit that they could be somebody died with a positive test, and they also accept that. So there's a lot of caveats there. But here we go forward. One dose, five deaths. Two doses, 22 deaths in one week. Three doses, 55 deaths in one week. And four or more doses, 45 deaths in one week. So that is 146 total deaths, of which 15 were maybe people unvaccinated. In one week, same point anywhere you look right now. And that's not even close to 93% of the population vaccinated in New South Wales. But the point is, guys, that it's always like this. How are you going to pretend the hospitals are overwhelmed with unvaccinated when there's only one person in the ICU, but yet there's 77, 76 others in the ICU? All of them are vaccinated. I mean, we just pointed this out. They just said that they're going to overwhelm the hospitals. Not true. This is how easy it is to prove this stuff. But yeah, you can check this article out yourself. That's why, because it's easy to prove. And he links to the UK data, which you can check for yourself. Here's another point from National Polls. New England Journal of Medicine. Unvaccinated COVID patients are contagious for less time than those vaxxed or boosted. Now, we already showed you this study. This is one that we already went over. And this was the graph we showed you. Remember, the study actually finds a little bit of a different conclusion. So you can read it and think for yourself. But as we keep seeing, the graphs and the data are very clear. You can check it for yourself and you can see the timelines and see that the unvaccinated are less contagious for a short or, or the vaccinated are more contagious for a longer period of time. I mean, how do you how do you ignore this stuff? Here's Texas Lindsay pointing out Vietnam COVID deaths. Everything was fine until it wasn't. And that's what we see all over the place. Now, this is correlation because we're honest enough to point that out. But it matters when you look at what when you can use it alongside all the peer-reviewed science, all the other observational information. This is you can, for those on the podcast. You can see the vaccine rollout, and it began on March 2021, February 24th. Now in Vietnam, they had literally nothing happening up until around a little after June 2021, and then it explodes. So how can you have nothing happening? There were cases. There was half stuff happening in Vietnam long before June 2021. But only the deaths started happening and skyrocketing after the rollout of the injections. That You'll find that pretty much everywhere you look. They argue it's just because that's when COVID started. Well, maybe. Or maybe it's because that COVID was the vaccine side effects. But New Zealand, as Brian Tweet point out, the harshest and longest lockdowns outside of China 96% compliance. She says, how's that single source of truth working out for you? Making fun of the New Zealand government saying, only what we say is the truth and anybody else is lying. It's like, what a dumb thing to say. But take a look at the graph from 2020 to 2022. You can see 25, uh, these are uh, deaths, same thing, COVID-19 deaths. 25, 2020, 2020, 20, excuse me, 2021, 26 deaths. And then all of a sudden, 2022, Boom, 1,415. Same point. How is it possible that COVID, which was present apparently, what they say was, in these in the country, 
no vaccine to protect everybody, no lockdown to protect everybody. But then the moment that they do all these things, boom, it explodes. We are being put in positions to hurt us. Now, here's one little point I wanted to put in there with a little caveat. Dr. Eli David has shared a lot of good information, so I, I, I wanted to include it. But he put this out that says, data released today, which was on the 27th, a huge surge in number of strokes in Israel in 2021, increase of 20%. What could possibly be the reason? Now, you know my argument that a lot of this stuff around, we don't know for sure, but it's obvious we're seeing a huge spike in strokes and heart attacks that are being covered up by just about anything they could point at, including heat waves that are really not as outrageous as they say they are, which are heat waves. But plenty of cases they point at to argue we have all these deaths have like 80 degree temperatures. It's embarrassing. But as I said, this is exactly what I'd expect to see based on the peer-reviewed science I've ever been reviewing and the data I've seen. However, despite trying very hard, which I did for a long time today, I cannot locate anything backing this exact claim up other than some reposting sites which, with no source material that look like not ones I would trust. Anyone find it? Then I followed up with this, which I think is the next one I have here. Yeah, which is a translated post from something in Israel where I can't, I hadn't had time to confirm it. It was like right at the end. So please check this out. If you speak Israeli, it says, then there was the article of this, these two individuals in which a study was presented according to which a 20% jump in these events, this, the, the stroke events from 2020, 2021, they said cerebro, cerebrovascular events and an apparently even bigger jump to 2022 with these only from the small, I'm not sure what that is to also turn out according to the article, that question actually came up and they actually cite these and give you the pages. So I'm starting to think there is something to this. And for some obvious reason it's being suppressed if that's the case but you know i mean there's your graph right there doesn't mean it's real i i've yet to find the point but i wanted to put it in there because he has done great work thus far and i and you know but you shouldn't blindly trust anybody not me not anybody do your due diligence guys but nonetheless in a general sense we know this is happening all over the place i've proven it elsewhere but on that same point guys here's something a lot of people have been talking about now at first when i saw this i was kind of like well you know, why is everyone focusing on, you know, doctors that died? There's been, there's, I mean, it matters, but there's a lot, are doctors a lot more important? There's kids and athletes and there's so much verifiable information. But then it, I came to find out in this when I looked into it, that it's from one location, which I found very interesting. So either way, it's just more people dropping to sudden death that they swear up and down isn't the vaccine, even though there's no proof. There's no, they don't give you like why they say that. Where's you do, where's your breakdown? Did you do an autopsy? And even if you did, the, the, the stated reality pre-COVID-19 was that if you have no evidence of anything that went wrong, yet you can see something went wrong and you expect the vaccine because of a timeline correlation, that's a good indication that it's probably the vaccine. Not that you can prove it, but that it, it's a good example of vaccine injury. Why? Because vaccine injury is very hard to prove. That's what they bank on. So when they get into this and they go, we know for sure it wasn't the vaccines. Well, why exactly? How could you possibly know for sure? That's very suspicious. Well, in Warmington, hospitals confirmed death of four physicians, but deny vaccine related. Well, why? Yeah, you'll be hard pressed to find any real explanation other than they just say so. Attempting to quash social media gossip and speculation. So we're not allowed to speculate. Could it have been the vaccine? No, fake news. That's how aggressive this is right now. Despite the fact that we know it can do this, you're shouted down regardless. Two GTA hospitals have confirmed the deaths of four staff doctors during one week, one week in July, but deny any connection to COVID vaccinations. Surprised they're not claiming it was the weather. Well, that was right. I just want to show you just that. And, and then guess what? Number five. Warmington, triathlete, in fact, 
27 years old, becomes the fifth GTA doctor to die just in July. The 27-year-old, who was a resident doctor at McMaster Children's Hospital in Hamilton, collapsed while swimming as she competed in a triathlon on, on Sunday. So she's obviously very fit. She subsequently died on Thursday after collapsing. Hey, this is a classic story now that was never this prevalent until we saw the COVID injections roll out. People just collapsing for no reason and then dying of unrelated cause. Come on, something is amiss. I'm not saying we can prove it's the vaccine, but we should ask that question. As they wrote, the Toronto Sun at least writes it in here for local doctors have died this summer for others. Trulium partners, and they list off all the names. Another Olympian who died, who was around 50 years old, 50 years old, but he was also an Olympian who died during a run. This is the point we keep making is these people are healthy and it's, these problems are, are peeking their head out when they push their bodies. Athletes, same thing because of what the injection did to their body. In all four cases, it says their hospitals made it clear their deaths were not related to the vaccine. They made it clear. By made it clear, they mean they yelled that and said nothing else. That's it. Please look it up for yourselves. How would we know that? We don't. There's a massive effort to keep this under wraps. Well, there's plenty of other examples. If you think I'm wrong and you think there's no way they would say that and it wouldn't be true. Well, let's go over a couple examples of how we now know what they screamed wasn't true. You know, like these injections don't have an effect on your reproductivity or your fertility. That's fake news that shot her from the rooftops. Anybody says that, they should be censored. We all saw that. That was one of the biggest pushback issues of CDC everywhere. Well, interesting how now it's become we don't know anymore. It was that you're completely fake news. Even, again, even Kim Iverson pointed this out on, a, on one of her last episodes, and you could almost see them kind of rolling their eyes, which was that they proved that they didn't know. That the multiple studies that came out, and this was more about the DNA, actually, actually, I take it back, it was the DNA aspect. Same point, though, that the studies came out and said, well, we think it's possible. Our study shows it is happening, and at the very least, you could argue that you don't know for sure, but yet they were so aggressively shouting that down and saying that we know for sure it doesn't. The government, the vaccine companies, the media, and now, two years later, they go, we don't know for sure? That should make you enraged, especially since they censor people like me based on their certainty that they later go, well, maybe. My God. So here's the point from The Guardian. COVID vaccinations effect on periods and menopause needs more research, which means they don't know. It also means it could be true. It also means the peer-reviewed science that found that it is true is beginning to look a lot more important or was always important. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was always important. They just didn't want you to know that. Now you can read this for yourself. I, don't, I frankly don't. The fact that they're saying this, I don't even, I, I doubt whether anything in there is going to be relevant, but always read it for yourself. <clears throat> and I'd like to include this yet again, this embarrassing rollback from people like Fauci, one of the main people that pushed back on this right in the beginning, you know, that you're fake news for saying things like this, even though now he's admitting because the studies are showing he's wrong. Well, we need more research. Well, no, no, we do always need more research. What we need is for you to admit that you lied to us for an obvious reason, because you didn't want people asking questions. Hmm. I know I'm so frustrated by this. I know I have, I have it. I know it's in there. Let's see. There it is. 
number of studies. New York yeah. Times just did one about um, sure. menstruating cycles and how that is affected by vaccines. Yeah, though, well, the menstrual thing uh, is, is something that seems to be quite transient and, and temporary. That's the point. That's one of the points. We need to study it. Oh, so it might go away. So we will lie about it then. Oh, cool. Okay. So it might go away, meaning it's there. So you know it's there. And you, you, you still act like it's not for sure? My God, I just can't get past how dishonest these people are. Uh, is, is something that seems to be quite transient and, and temporary. That's the point. That's one of the points. We need to study it more. We need to study it more. We need to study it more. I mean, that really should outrage you. Outrage. Oh, here's a fact check. No evidence vaccines impact fertility. Fake news. Back in 2021, right? They knew this then. You know why? Because I knew it then. I had the data that they're pretending they're only finding out now. And that's why we get censored. It's very clear from the studies from Pfizer, where I've continued to show you an almost 10% reduction in fertility of the female rats or the manipulation and the anomalies in the fetuses and their rib cages. And there's all sorts of stuff, guys. But fake news. According to the fact checkers, because we all know how great the fact checkers are, the opinion checkers. But Fauci says we need more research. Okay, well, if we need more research, then this is a fake news article that should be censored according to them. But I still argue that nobody should be. Just shows you how subjective and ridiculous it all is. And to keep that going and just remember, we just made fun of this. This is a new one. This is as of two days ago. Think you have Omicron, but keep testing negative? Well, the experts say trust your gut. Oh, hashtag science, right? So trust the science, except when you feel different. And as long as it errs in the sight of the narrative we'd like you to say, right? So not trust the science then when we're allowed to? Like, how do you keep the narrative going? Trust it only here, except when we want to do when the narrative shift. It's just embarrassing. Remember, guys, it's trust the narrative. When they say trust the science, they're thinking, trust what I was told today. An expert says to trust your gut. Quote, if you feel confident you have COVID, you probably have COVID. I can't, I can't even believe that this is what it's become. I mean, it makes me laugh out loud. This is two days ago. The at-home test says you're COVID negative, but your body says you're positive. So very positive. I don't even know what that means. I guess the idea that you're sick, but that's the point, guys, is that's not what a lot of people are doing. They're just feeling weird or having sniffles, and they go, oh, I probably have COVID. And that's because they've been trained that it's the only thing that's happening right now. But it says, no, your body isn't gaslighting you. Oh, you know that? You're speaking directly. No, no, you're, you're right. You have it. Trust me. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you've done, but I know you've got it though. That this is fortunate. <laughs> it says, if you're certain you've COVID positive, you're probably, you probably are regardless of what the test says, but trust the science though. Uh, alternatively, while BA five is a spinoff of stealth Omicron of stealth of stealth Omicron. Ugh, we live in a cartoon to quote Steve. I'll show that again in a minute named for its tendency to present false negatives in lab based PCR tests. Do you remember when we pointed this out a long time ago? with Delta, let's say, when they first just said, oh, well, originally when we tested this, it came up negative. So we changed the test. So now when the negative is with this certain negative, we're going to call that a positive. And that's Delta, right? Same thing. Oh, well, it's, it's, it's slipping through the cracks of the test. So all we got to do is change the test. Yeah, that makes sense. Or you're testing negative because there's nothing happening and you're going to make it make something. You're going to, as Carrie Mollis pointed out, 
You can increase this test and you'll find anything in anything. That's what he told you because it will go down to a small enough degree to where you will find anything you're looking for. He's the creator of this. But it says there's no evidence that tests work less well for BA5 than other variants. Okay, so you just said that it's higher with false positives or false negatives, excuse me, because false positives don't exist in this fantasy land, but that the evidence shows that they don't work less well. So basically you're saying, we know it doesn't work less well, but when you get a false positive, tell yourself that it's because the test isn't picking it up. Make sense? Yes, in COVID land it does, but it says a negative test while positive may also be proof that your vaccine is helping. Work that one out for yourself. I like how you say it may also be proof, right? Not evidence. It may be evidence. No, it's proof. It may be absolute proof that your vaccine is helping because you got a negative test. That's self-fulfilling right there. It's like the Rogaine thing. Well, it's because your vaccine worked. That's why it's negative, even though you feel super sick. You can't argue this both ways. It can't be that it's you're sick because you know you're sick and the test isn't working. And then the next paragraph go, but it could be because you're not sick and it's working though. So ignore the symptoms then? I mean, this the people that read this stuff read the part they want and they walk away going, yep, corporate media, trust the science, even though it's contradictory in and of itself. But it says, the doctor says, quote, there is evidence that immunity decreases the level of virus that people produce and the duration of positivity. Okay, so the immunity that didn't stop you from getting sick, but decreased it enough to where you don't test positive. That sounds like a perfectly safe and effective vaccine to me, right? Totally working. This is just everything. Eat your cake and have it too. It means whatever you want it to mean. You say it with me, guys. Everything means nothing. Nothing means everything. It's whatever you want it to mean. Do you want to be sick? Well, sure. That means you're sick then. (laughs) Do you want to think it's working and you want to be okay with it? Then sure, it's working for you. But the key point is this, quote, if you feel confident that you have COVID, you probably have COVID. Well, gee. That's some good science for you right there, guys. Just, you think you're sick? Well, you're sick then. Tell everyone you're sick. And we'll put it down as a case. Perks works for everybody. Well, new data suggests the CDC's COVID guidance to isolate for five days after testing positive is wrong. Cool. So trust the science, right? Right? Nope. Not if Biden says so, though, right? So the CDC, the guidance that we're supposed to be trusting from the main group, right? Says that five days is now what we should be doing. But but Joe Biden says you're wrong, though. This old senile man that can barely speak clearly says that the CDC is wrong. Now, my point is not that you shouldn't question the CDC, guys. It's that nothing means everything and everything means nothing. How do you trust the science? And the moment the CDC says something you don't like, you go, well, but they're wrong, though. So don't trust them then? I don't. I mean, how do you possibly make sense of this? This was two days ago. The point here is that arbitrarily changing the timing is based on some other things they research they did, whatever. But what they then argue is, but here's preprints that aren't peer-reviewed that say otherwise, and we agree. Okay, well, they're not peer-reviewed. Wouldn't you point that out if we said, yes, you would. It's just, I mean, this, this should be a comedy show, for crying out loud. This is just plainly stupid, and the only people that go along with it are those that want to believe what they're looking at, as it says. Scientists have questioned the scientific rationale. Wait, I, don't, I wanted to make this point too. Scientists have? You mean all of them? Every one of them everywhere? No, or you mean some scientists that we like to talk to said this. Like, I, I mean, I know that's an old point. It's, the point is experts say, well, I mean, when you frame it that way, you're supposed to take it as the experts that matter or all of them. 
But that's not the case. It's not experts say. It's this one said. Or this sci- these scientists we spoke to said this. Oh, and they're also paid by Pfizer and work for CNN. But that doesn't matter, though, because we don't even decide who they are. We just go, scientists said. This is how it works today. The honest writer would say, the, this person, this doctor argued this in, in regard to, it, it's not scientists have questioned the scientific rationale. Some of them have using preprints that you would make fun of us for if we put forward. But scientists have questioned the scientific rationale behind the five-day quarantine policy since the CDC, the group that if you're an anti-vaxxer, you can't question whatsoever, introduced last December. And now critics of the policy, which ones, have more data to back up their claims. Critics. Still testing positive after day 10? How to decide when your COVID isolation ends? Right, so you decide. You see, it's all. if you're a vaccinated person, you are the science. You get it? You can decide because you're smart. But those dirty anti-vaxxers, they're the anti-science, so they don't count. But if you're if you're a vax, you decide for yourself because you're science. Thanks, Fauci. Got it. But it says in the two preprint studies, they found that people infected remain infectious. I mean, it's the idea is that this is for, why, why does this change? Because Omicron vaccines are working. The point is they just arbitrarily change the time frame because of the st- because they're telling you you're less infectious for a less period of time. But there's no real valid art. That's why they're pushing back on it. But the point is that there's nothing sacred. Now we're choosing between Biden and CDC. I don't trust anybody. I mean, that's the point. It should be your choice to look at the data and come to your own conclusions. But it's funny how only they're allowed to do that when they want to. Not you, though, anti-vaxxers. Quote, there is not data to support five days or anything shorter than 10 days. Isn't that great? So they're allowed to push back on it. And this is a physician from Massachusetts General Hospital who contributed to the research. Well, what's funny is, yes, there is some data to support it because they put out the studies that we've read and talked about. They just disagree with it. But you you get the I could rail on I could rail on this forever. The bottom line is this is completely contradictory to everything they push against you when you question anything they put out. But from within their pro-vaccine group, they can question all the science and everything back and forth because they're smart enough to do so. All of them. That's the message. And back to this point, Dr. Fauci, BA5 specific booster is the country's best guess. So now we're running with guessing science because that's the good science, right? We're going to assume at the problem and then force you to take what I assume is the right thing to do. Because you forgot, Fauci is science, right? A large wave of COVID infections is projected to hit the U.S. this fall. Right, just like they projected last time that didn't happen and people that got injected got sick. Booster shots targeting Omicron's BA5 sub-variant are the country's best guess, that's a quote, at a solution, according to Dr. Fauci. So they're forcing children, forcing schools, forcing places, mandating areas, forcing you to jobs and in the U.K. and New Zealand, everywhere else. They're still forcing people. Mandates for work and everything else. And we're guessing. That should be alarming. Quote, as we get into the fall, you'd want to boost with a BA5 vaccine. That's assuming it doesn't change before then. So that if you get BA5 or something closely related... You will enhance the immunity against that particular variant. That's a, that's a huge assumption. I mean, right now they're pointing at this, acting like this changes the game. So why would the next one be any different? Of course, this is when he was speaking with the Hill, which, of course, Kim Iverson could, would have been there had they wanted truth to come out. But the, nobody pushed back on this kind of ridiculous comment. That's why she wasn't there. It says, quote, there's always the possibility that you're going to have an evolution of another variant, he said. And hopefully, if that occurs, it will vary off from BA5 only slightly. 
in the sense of being a sub-sub lineage of it, <laughs> my God, and not something entirely different, that's the situation you always face when you're dealing with a moving target. Fine, let's just pretend that's completely accurate. So fine then, you can't force anybody ever again because you know that it might not be fair or accurate or safe. But no, that's not what's happening. And you know that. So this is them admitting at the same time they're forcing people to do what they tell you is the only thing that's going to save your life that they don't even know what's the right thing. We're, they're slowly rolling this into the flu situation where they just guess at what the strain will be and, for, and, and this in this case, mandate you to take it. Why, that didn't make sense with the flu. But this is less dangerous doesn't matter. You see, most of that's still not even acknowledged by the people that are blindly following what they tell them to do. They still believe, you do these polls, they still think that like 80% of people die from COVID. It's embarrassing. Well, let's look at some other lies they spun that people still buy. And of course, this also speaks to partisanship, which is very frustrating because right now, Burks is a hero admitting that we got lied to, except she was the one that lied to you with Trump. Right. So this person points out she has admitted to robbing people of informed consent as a doctor. This is an actual crime against humanity. She should be arrested immediately and face the death penalty when found guilty. Now, you can go as far as that if you want. That's what he said. Alan Roberts. My point is simply that she should be accountable for this and not step up like some kind of hero after she's stepped away. You were just as responsible. All of Trump's administration, Trump himself, Biden's administration, Biden himself, all of them, Fauci on both sides, all responsible for knowingly lying to you. Because if she knew it then, so did Fauci, so did Trump, so did everybody. And that's the point I'm always making. The point I made with the recent show I just did from the Forbes article. It was in their own documentation that they never, never expected it to stop transmission. And they knew that and they lied to you because it was all part of the same agenda. She's just playing her role now. To really achieve herd immunity is going to take through the summer and potentially even into the fall. That's getting, you know, 80, 70, 80% of Americans immunized. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection, and I think we overplayed the vaccines, and it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. It will, but let's be very clear. 50. No, it won't. It's not. And we're watching that in real time. So she's still lying, so she's still playing her role, in my opinion. Percent of the people who died from the Amazon disease and hospitalization. It will, but let's be very clear. 50% of the people who died from the Omicron surge were older, vaccinated. It's just, I mean, so this is my point about them eating themselves alive. For whatever reason, now they're, they're chipping away at things that we were censored for, admitting stuff that people said was fake. I mean, this is all over the map. I mean, the, one of the obvious examples is the lab discussion, how that was just like a, an entire corporate media shut down right up until with no new evidence. They just said, okay, now you can talk about it. There's a clear coordinated effort here to how this was supposed to come out. And that was a clumsy example of them, them just turning the switch on or how Lena Wen on CNN came out and said, cloth masks don't work. And then next day, Gottlieb comes out on Fox news and says, cloth masks don't work. There's no new evidence guys. I've been showing you the same evidence in 2015 that shows you that they knew they didn't work. And yet they just did it and on a dime. The new narrative is around that. No, it's now it's N95s. How coordinated is that? How embarrassing? That's why I don't believe that most people buy this stuff anymore. They're just still screaming at you that you're the minority when you're really not. Now, here's another one with Fauci. Another one that came from the interview on the Hill, again, that I argue Kim would have pushed back on. Like that, that I mean, this girl right here did a terrible job, in my opinion, 
by kind of laughing and smiling and agreeing with Fauci when it was clear that she got the answer she wanted. Like it was like it was a fanboy interview, in my opinion. And that's exactly why they didn't want her there, because she would have asked the right questions, in my opinion. Here's another one, though. Fauci caught lying about locking down schools. And this is great. Town Hall did this, where it shows in that interview, right, where a good journalist would have made this case, that he says, I never did that or said that, and here he is saying that. Like, he's either too stupid to remember that he said it, which is certainly possible, or too old, or he's just hoping that you don't know, because he's trying to recover up his record here, because he's being exposed. This one's, there's a lot of these out there, guys. These are just a couple examples of them routinely lying to you. And let's see, in this case, let's see. Okay, so let me grab this and I'll play this one for you. Fauci, here we go. Okay, there's something funky going on. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you, guys. I mean, just there's something there's something strange going on with my computer. I'm telling you, I was going to show you today in general. There's a literally a red line going down the center of my computer. I don't even know. It just popped up just yesterday. It's, this is a brand new computer. The reason I'm saying that is because I'm just I'm doing things that it's not happening. I don't know. I don't even I don't even like to bring it up because people are like, oh, that's conspiracy. They can't prove what I'm talking about. Wow. <laughs> I wonder if you would recommend locking down schools if you had to do it all over again. Well, you know, again, it's uh, first of all, I didn't recommend locking anything down. You're, you're, you're asking me questions. You're talking about the CDC is the public health agency yeah. that uses their epidemiologists and their science based approach to make recommendations. It, it was a decision to make a recommendation to the president. It wasn't my decision that I could implement. And the pandemic has been clear that when we had um, community spread in the country with a few cases of community spread. This was way before there was a major explosion like we saw in the Northeastern corridor driven by New York City metropolitan area. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. Well, isn't that embarrassing? By the way, I downloaded that video twice in a row just now and I can't, it's nowhere. It doesn't even matter. I don't even care. I'm just so fucking tired of this. So going forward, <clears throat> It's obvious that he's lying. It's obvious that he is making up what he said before or he doesn't remember. Here's another example. Now, this one is Slow Newsday pointing out of Trump saying, I just listened to Fauci and whatever he said, I did the opposite. Well, we know that's not true. We know that. And that's what he said. Listen to this effing clown lie to his base. He really wants you to be as dumb as he thinks that you are. Boosted up long before Nancy Pelosi wanted it or any of these people, including Fauci. I used to... Listen to Fauci and whatever he said, I did the opposite. I came out very good. Yeah, it's, it's not true. And he's talking about his shots, guys. 
He's actively still promoting the injection. I don't care how you try to play that. If you pretend that it's all a game to get these people in trouble, you're admitting he's okay with allowing kids to die. That he's okay with allowing people to be injured by this thing for some agenda. And if you think that's okay, then you're a bad person. It doesn't matter because you hate the Democrat. That makes you a disgusting person willing to let people die for a political agenda. The bottom line is he's a part of this. He is the one still pushing the idea that he got boosted. He admitted that and everyone booed him. The point is that you guys need to see he's not the person you thought he was, whether or not, whether it's because he's not that he doesn't realize and he's being swayed and manipulated, which I don't believe, or he's a part of it. We need to, but the point is they're all lying to you. They're all coming out and saying what they want you to hear. That's what's happening. Now, on that same point about people being injured, they're still pushing this despite the evidence in every possible way. How pregnant women can best protect themselves. Yeah, I can answer that for you right now. Run screaming from anything they're trying to give you. That's how I feel. But specifically, the injections they're talking about around COVID-19. Run. You know why? Because it right now says very clearly that they don't know if it's safe. You guys, I show it every time. This is the most recent data from February 2022 from Pfizer and Pfizer and BioNTech. The safety profile of the vaccine is not known in pregnant or breastfeeding women. The immunocompromised patients, safety is not known in immunocompromised patients. Or just how about long-term, long-term safety of the injection is unknown at present. How incredible. Same old story. Yet we can literally watch them push this for pregnant women under the guise that COVID is the only thing in risky, only thing in existence that's dangerous right now. Same point from before. As long as we argue it reduces COVID, even though it doesn't, that's all we need. Who cares that it's not safe in any other way because we're not worried about anything other than the argument of reducing COVID. That's it. As long as the pregnant woman and the mom are not endangered by COVID, then they're safe, right? There's a thousand reasons why that's ridiculous. Here's what it says. In February, doctors reported that pregnant women were resistant to being vaccinated for COVID-19. Gee, I wonder why. There was no way of knowing for sure because Australia doesn't record vaccinations of pregnant women. Yeah, that makes it even more safe, doesn't it? But it's a worldwide problem. In, in the U.S., figures from the CDC show that about a third of American women are unvaccinated and that only about 20% get vaccinated while they're pregnant. Yeah, because historically, that's the smartest thing you could ever do. Avoid these things. Based on anecdotal evidence from GP clinics, it appears that as few as one in four pregnant women were getting COVID jabs. Quote, it's pretty shocking, says the doctor, because pregnant women are at high risk. Right, my point exactly. So you don't know if it's safe to give them the injection. That's a fact. Right there. Right? But because you don't know, as they're saying right there, because you're at high risk for COVID, give them something that might be at higher risk. Because you realize that's the point, right? If you don't know if it's safe, that means it could be even more risky. So give them something we don't know is safe because this thing's dangerous. That's my point. Nothing else factors in. These doctors have lost their minds. As it goes on to say, but it's been widely reported that pregnant women are putting themselves and their unborn children at serious risk by avoiding the vaccination. How do you possibly know that? Because in the mind of the writer, the only risk is COVID-19. And of course, the injections are perfectly safe. That means this writer has no awareness of the actual information that shows that they don't know that it's safe. And he's writing based on what he was told is the fact. Trusting the science as in trusting the narrative. Serious risk. Along the way, it says a better understanding of how vaccination best protects women and their in utero child has emerged. 
Right. So he's arguing again that the, the it best protects the children because they think it stops COVID. And that's it. That's all that matters. A new study, timing is key. New research led by Massachusetts General Hospital found that women vaccinated against COVID in their first and third trimesters have a stronger immune response. See my point? The study didn't care to find out if it hurt the baby, if it caused any side effects, if it went on to do anything else or whatever. It just said, do we find an immune response? Does it translate to the baby? Success. It's safe and effective because we know that already, don't we? So if we see any kind of a clinical response, it doesn't matter if they're the wrong antibodies or if it's creating antibody-dependent enhancement. Who cares about any of that stuff? Do we see a response? Success. Push it out there. That's what Fauci's doing. That's what everybody's doing. Is it, I mean, there's a thousand reasons why this is wrong. Have a stronger immune response in vaccinated. The study also found that the process of transferring those antibodies, whether or not they're the right ones, whether or not they're for the Wuhan isolate or Delta or anything else that's not happening right now, from the mother to the fetus via the placenta was more efficient and robust. Great. Terrible for the baby. Because of every possible thing you can point out, but it doesn't matter to them. The study found that women were giving the mRNA vaccines were better protected than those other types of vaccines. Nowhere in the article does it even get into the idea that their data right now says they don't even know if it's safe for pregnant women. It's all about whether or not it causes a response to COVID. And since COVID is the only thing in existence, that that means good and end of story. Makes me sick. It actually gives me a sick feeling in my stomach to know this is happening right now. Meanwhile, CDC reports unusually large number of newborns infected with potentially life-threatening virus that can trigger fever, poor feeding, and seizures. Gee, I wonder if that's caused by the injections. Doctors at the CDC prevention and prevention say an unusually CDC uh, say an unusually high number of dangerous viral infections have been diagnosed among newborns. Yeah, well, let me remember exactly here. What increases your risk of infection? Oh, that's right. The injections they're giving to the mom, which translates to the baby, which they just told you, right? And the injections they're giving to these newborns, which is embarrassingly dangerous that they don't need. That also causes an increased risk of infection. And the masks that we're watching them put on babies, those also increase your risk of infection. So it couldn't be any of those things which provably increase your risk of infection that then increase your risk of infection. No, 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 that's fake news. It's some other undefined thing that we're still trying to find out and we're baffled by it. That's what's happening. God, God, it just makes me sick. I'm I'm getting frustrated. Here's the other thing. Deaths with unknown causes in Alberta, now top cause. We just talked about this. Unknown causes is their top killer. Oh, that's weird. This keeps refreshing. It's down there now. That's weird. Hmm, that's interesting. That oh, there it is. You see? <laughs> what that's weird. Why did it now go to the top? That's weird. Anyway, top 10 causes of death. You can see that the ill-defined unknown causes is the biggest thing, and they're baffled by it. We're all confused. That's a willful choice because I'm not confused. I'm pretty clear, but I see what's happening here. Unexplained death, high death counts in New Brunswick. Concerning. We're baffled. Well, here is what I think is happening, but let's just focus on the kids. We already showed you this back in May. This is horrific. And you know what didn't happen? Nobody went to jail. Nobody got arrested. Nobody got called out because they pretend without, or they, they, without saying it, they want you to do this. That the good thing to do is to give injections to anybody anywhere, even if it's illegal. Quote, I put my neck on the line. Toronto doctor vaccinated hundreds of kids under five off label. You know why? Because he said he had ethically no reason to say no. 
you know, aside from the fact that it's dangerous for kids and increases the risk of myocarditis, they have over like a better than one in a million chance of actually dying from anything. They're getting. That's according to Oxford calculator. I mean, those, those are plenty of reasons that could go forever. But to this person, it's all fake news because he listens to the, the CDC. That actually happened, guys. And you read the article, the whole thing is going out of their way to argue that he did the right thing without saying it. That this guy's being attacked for doing the virtuous thing by helping these kids. Right. So he pumps them all full of injections. It's not just one Toronto doctor, by the way. There's multiple doctors are talking about. Right. He does this back in May. And then we have unknown causes all over the place. What's happening to all the kids? It must be some new virus and new bacteria. Or it's because you did this thing all over the place and nobody wants to talk about it. Things that do stuff like this. This is from today. Nine-year-old with no pre-existing conditions died two weeks after Pfizer shot. Latest Bayer's data shows. You can read through this yourself. It's a good update as usual. They do a pretty common update on the Defender. The most recent report of a death involves a nine-year-old girl from California who died two weeks after receiving her first dose of Pfizer's COVID vaccine. Now, the problem here is that if it was 13 days, they called it unvaccinated. And in many places, if it was 20 days, they call it unvaccinated. So the point is, I could promise you that that's going to go listed as an unvaccinated person on the ultimate data sheet. But it goes on Bayer's because somebody reported it as a doctor. The child experienced abdominal pain. So like Maddie DeGuerre, who they pretended it was just a stomach ache and is still in a wheelchair to this day, sore throat, chest pain during two to three days before she died, according to Bayer's report. No pre-existing conditions. Here's the actual report. This is actually pretty interesting and alarming. For, of course, it's, you know, where's Comirnaty? Where's the approved version? Isn't that interesting? Of course it's not because we know they're not giving it to anybody, which is a wildly suspicious. Died, yes. But you want to note something I find alarming is that these injections are being given to children without finding out things like, I don't know, previous vaccinations that might conflict, other medications that might conflict, pre-existing conditions, which she didn't have, but allergies that might conflict. These things matter. You know, as a nine-year-old, if she gave her this one, they gave her other vaccinations. Those matter. Did she get the flu vaccination? None of these are tested alongside each other. By the way, that's also in this list. It talks about uh, with other injections, interaction with other vaccines. COVID-19 vaccine will be used in individuals who may also receive other vaccines. Studies to determine if their co-administration may affect the efficacy or safety of either vaccine have not been performed. Right. So go out and get your flu vaccine at the Walgreens alongside your COVID shot, because that's what they're telling you to do. But why do they do that? It's not safe or effective. They haven't proven that. But who cares? Science only matters when they're telling you something on the show, right? Disgusting. Well, the good note here, I showed you another a story recently. COVID vaccine hesitancy among parents is apparently 43%. According to CBS News, they say, well, they definitely not vaccinate their kids. Thank God that there are some people out there that are smart enough to see what's going on, especially when it comes to their children. Now to the fight against COVID-19. A new survey finds most parents with children under the age of five are hesitant to get their children vaccinated against the coronavirus. A poll by the Kaiser Family Foundation reveals 43% of those parents will definitely not vaccinate their children Another 27% say they will wait and see how it works in other young children first. Guys, that is 70% of the population in this country that is saying they will not do what they're told. 
I mean, I mean, really, do we need to take a moment to realize that you are the majority, that you are not alone? That shows you undeniably that whether it was in the first place or not, that right now they're going, okay, we're going to wait a minute. They're at the screaming, do it for your kid. Your kid's going to die. Fauci's telling you the right thing to do. Biden says, go get them vaccinated. And they're going, no, thank you. 70% of the country are saying, absolutely not. That's 50 or 40, whatever it was, 40 something. And then the other part for the rest of the 70% are saying, we're going to go ahead and wait just to see what happens. And you know what they're going to wait and see? They're going to see the terrible stuff happening and they're going to dig in even further. That's what's happening. You're not alone. It's time to recognize that. But as they're aggressively trying to get them because they need this part of it, COVID vaccine bookings for babies and toddlers open up where? In Ontario. You know, the place where they're suffering some unknown problem they can't define, right? Isn't that always how it goes? Families can now make appointments for children aged six months to under five years through Ontario's booking portal, through health units using their own booking systems, and at some primary care providers and pharmacies. Clinics are scheduled to ramp up in the coming days. Some are planning to host appointments as soon as today. Health Canada approved Moderna's pediatric shot earlier this month. Ontario's health minister says the vaccine is safe, effective, and will help protect children from COVID-19. Don Kelly, the Canadian Press, Toronto. Right, safe and effective, and it will help them protect you. So, so they, they won't do, you know, I mean, even that's not true, by the way. It's obviously dangerous to children, especially since they're not at risk for COVID. They have no reason to do any of this, and it dramatically increases their risk of COVID, of, of, of well, that true, but of, you know, whatever illness, but of myocarditis and heart problems. They, for crying out loud, admitted that more than once. They just argue incorrectly so that, that the risk for COVID, uh, myocarditis from COVID-19 is that much more damn, more more serious right? They keep saying that. The reality is that the peer-reviewed science shows you otherwise, which is the one I have right here. There's plenty more that say the same thing, but this is the most recent peer-reviewed study, not a preprint, but a peer-reviewed study that they still don't want you to see, which says post-COVID-19 infection was not associated with myocarditis. We did not observe that. They're telling you right there. It's not part of the game. Now, not just because one peer-reviewed study says it doesn't mean it's the absolute, consider everything else. But what you'll find is that this is pretty consistent, that that's not the case. The reality being is they're still trying to push this on children. Here's the CDC. Want to learn more about the risk, benefits, and myths of the vaccination for kids six months and older? My God. Unreal. But to point out the monkeypox overlap, check this out. Because this is still happening. Monkeypox cases in children expected to increase. What do you mean expected to increase, but remain relatively few in number? Why do you expect it to increase? I mean, right now they're screaming that it's men who have sex with men. And the only reason these kids got it is because they were around that, 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 that scene or whatever the way she framed it. And yet they expect them to increase. Well, okay, let's read into it a little bit. Well, it says, as case, I did have this highlighted, I guess, it, and it refreshed. Is that this one? Gosh, darn it. Yeah. Mute. Sorry, guys. You're muted. Yeah, look, it's not even playing, and it still plays the audio. God, you got to love mainstream garbage media. As cases of monkeypox continue to rise across Georgia and the rest of the world, doctors are concerned. <laughs> Did you see that? My God. Get yourself under control, mainstream media. I know your propaganda gets in the way. Doctors are concerned that more children will become infected. Well, well, that's different. Right up here, you said ex they're expected to increase. Same point as before. 
children expected to get monkeypox is not the same as saying you're concerned that they might get it. Very different, but that's a fear-mongering headline meant to scare parents to get a dangerous smallpox vaccine for children that's not even approved for, which we just went over. Children eight years of age are considered among those highest at risk from anything. That's their point. Along with those pregnant and immunocompromised. So are they really trying to argue that the children, pregnant women and immunocompromised should rush out and get what they called the most dangerous vaccine in the world? That's what they called it back in 2002. The same one they're pushing alongside two others that are also wildly dangerous. I'll show you in one, one second. Yes, that's what they're doing. Why? Well, because they're at most risk from things in the world. Well, are they at risk from this? What's the risk of them even getting this? It doesn't matter. This is a push, just like every other time we've seen it. As of now, doctors are telling parents to be aware of the risk, but not to worry. Hmm. Cases in children expected to increase. That's not what the doctors are saying. This is a corporate media aggressively misrepresenting what even the doctor said. At a playground, parents were watching their children and talking to each other about monkeypox but weren't concerned. The suggestion being that they're wrong, even though the doctor just said not to. But now we're basically, bottom line is, guys, I had it highlighted, I'm not going to try and find it, is that there's no risk for children. That's not even the case. We're using PCR testing. We're talking about something that doesn't even appear to be what they're telling you this is. There is no rational scientific reason that every symptom is different, that we're only seeing weird cases that has no connection to what we see currently what they call monkeypox in Africa. But somehow it magically jumped over here with no transition train, they can't, you can't find a line back to Africa. They'll tell you that right now. Doesn't mean it's not there. But the point is that they're all making this up as they go along, and they're telling it science. Here's monkeypox confirmed in 16 countries. Four times as many countries outside Africa have reported monkeypox this month as have in the past 50 years. Okay, why? What changed? How did it mutate? And why didn't it for the last 50 years? That's not to say that it's not possible. But they don't care to find out any of this stuff, which is very suspicious. And the point, that doesn't even seem like there's an effort to find out. It says, although scientists rarely spot monkeypox outside of the 11 countries in Africa that have reported cases, a recent outbreak has led to the disease, led the disease to be identified in a dozen European countries, along with the U.S. and Israel and other places. At least 160 confirmed cases, confirmed by PCR test, which is not even remotely confirmed, That's amazing that we're still pretending that makes sense. I mean, the creator and plenty of highly respected experts have said this on the record. It is yes or no. That's it. It's not a confirmed test, but they're pretending it is still, even as they've gotten proven wrong, even as corporate media has written articles about how this, but here we are just going forward. Remember the epidemic that wasn't New York times wrote about it in 2006, I believe 2007. I won't bring it up again. I brought it up a thousand times. It was a fake whooping cough epidemic that they argued was entire with not a single case was verified all of it was pcr illusion how does that possibly happen and then today they tell you that's not even possible there are no false positives they said back then this will happen again and you know what they were right they just used it this time it says all but 10 which i'm pretty sure they meant all but a, all all but Oh, no, I, I read that wrong. All but 10 of those cases have been in Europe. 56 in the United Kingdom and on and on, which is interesting. So they're all in Europe, very centralized, very strange. Why is that? No answer. Quote, what this really marks is the emergence of the most important pox virus since the eradication of smallpox. So we're saying statements like that before we've even proven that this is the same thing. 
Yes. Many of the people who've gotten monkeypox in the current outbreak have no history of travel to Africa or any exposure to infected people. Yeah, all these very obvious concerning things that don't add up don't really matter, though, because this is working for the agenda. So we have no connection to anybody over there that had it, no travel to Africa, no transition connection of any kind. The symptoms are all different, but let's just go ahead and pretend we know what we're dealing with, right? Cases have largely been identified among young men who have sex with men, which is also completely different than anywhere else we're dealing with, leading experts to believe, so guessing, that the disease is being spread through skin-to-skin contact, perhaps from exposure to rashes and lesions during sexual activity. Those are guesses upon guesses upon guesses, because some of them don't even have rashes. Some of them don't have lesions at all. Some of them just have simple flu symptoms. You know, I wonder what's happening. Next part, monkeypox. Experts reveal horrific new symptoms not seen in previous outbreaks. We're just jumping from stone to stone here before we even, this is just like COVID-19, guys. Researchers studying monkeypox cases in UK have revealed that the current outbreak exhibits unusual and unpleasant symptoms, including rectal pain and penile swelling. Really? Has that ever been seen in Africa? No. Does that mean that it couldn't be that? No, because maybe it could change. The point is that this has not been fleshed out yet. And then, of course, they're also screaming, oh, this could turn into an endemic sexually transmitted disease. Okay, well, shouldn't we ask whether that is, in fact, what we're talking about and we're using PCR false positive tests to call it what we want to call it? Yes, there's a thousand things that could be the case. But rectal pain and penile swelling, it sure sounds like not what we're dealing with from before and more so something that is sexually oriented. Well, it says rectal pain, penile swelling, swollen tonsils, and solitary lesions. So just like a single lesion. Does that sound anything like monkeypox or any pox? No. What it sounds like is some kind of HIV-related topic, though it does, though noted, they noted, are common symptoms in the current outbreak, quite unlike any previous outbreak in regions where the disease is endemic. So any any you know, pre-COVID mania and biosecurity state, we would have been like, it's probably not that. Let's flesh this out and find out what we're talking about before we start forcing dangerous injections that aren't even made for the thing you're talking about, if that's even what this is. I mean, why am I the, I mean, I shouldn't say that. Obviously, you're all here with me in other independent media, but for crying out loud, why are we the only ones that are flipping out about how dangerously unscientific this all is? Given their findings, the researchers have recommended that clinicians look out for patients presenting with these symptoms. So now we're looking for things that are completely unrelated to monkeypox and calling that monkeypox and using a test that will find what you want to find if you look hard enough. Sound familiar? Every symptom under the sun, right? COVID, how about monkeypox toe? I can't wait for that to come out. Probably be proven right like it was last time. U.S. has one of the highest levels of monkeypox in the world, said the CDC. So the U.K. and the the U.S. Sort of like last time. It's weird how these things keep, probably because they're the drivers of the agenda. Just a thought. Oh, wait, I don't think anything was in here. And, of course, we have San Francisco, after all of that, declaring a state of emergency a state of emergency for this problem. Then there we go, guys. We have already begun the process. Whether this was meant to happen or not, San Francisco took the bait and ran with it, and they opened up the door to all sorts of emergency declaration, financing, you know, everything, the, the things that come along with emergency declaration, emergency powers, emergency governance. That's where we are. State of emergency declared in San Francisco. This is crazy. Now, realize, just like Corbett I just talked about, 
just like my last show went into, the PHEIC, the Public Health Emergency of International Concern. That's what they named this. And the only reason they're allowed to name it from the WHO worldwide perspective, the only reason they're allowed to do that is just like we talked about, as Forbes.com called out before they unpublished that article back in 2010, and the WHO called out in 2011, that they literally changed the definition of what an, a pandemic is in order to call the swine flu non-pandemic a pandemic because it had zero deaths. Before that, they needed deaths to be able to declare it a, 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 any kind of end, a pandemic or endemic or anything. But now we're in a world where there doesn't have to be deaths, just the hypothetical threat. And that is exactly what they tried to scream about before they shut everybody down. And now we're in the biosecurity state, so it's too late. State of emergency. No one's even died. You can't even prove these people are actually even being hospitalized. And here we are, right back in the mix. U.S. may need $7 billion for monkeypox. Healthcare workers prepare monkeypox vaccine doses, except they're not monkeypox vaccine doses. They are smallpox vaccine doses that have been altered to argue they can work for monkeypox. All of them. That's a fact. I've made, I did the entire show on it. Here's top, top Democrats wanting $21 billion to fight COVID and just whatever else. There you go, guys. That's how this, this is, and it's not, yes, this is Democrats that are here. I promise you there are Republicans that are along with that and that eventually it'll flip-flop just like everything else in history, and the people that don't want to see it will continue to fall for the two-party paradigm. Senate Democrats have included $21 billion in possible appropriations funding to provide resources for the coronavirus pandemic, as well as funding that could be used for testing and vaccines related to monkeypox. See, it's exactly what you might have thought. Now, this is just one of them. I've talked about this one. I've talked about Janios. I've talked about T-pox. All of these are shown to be very, very dangerous and completely untested in my mind, not in my mind, but the data shows very clearly that all of these at best are using animal studies inferred from smallpox testing. That's it. Now, this one is one that they're already using, one that Biden has already argued could be given to a child despite being not allowed for children under eight or anybody under 18. And on top of all that, look at what this says. This is one of the ones that they're allowing to be given right now. In the past, for every 1,000 people vaccinated, one person will experience a serious but not life-threatening reaction, one of which is literally spreading the vaccine of virus, which I think is cowpox, by touching the vaccination site and then touching another part of the body or another person. Oh, great. So the injection you're getting to stop this thing can easily spread in one in every thousand people to somebody else. How is that even something that arguably works? Doesn't even matter, though. It's already being used, guys. That's what you're, that's what they're talking about when they're like, we're working to put this together. Those three things. I would do an entire show on it. And all of them are made for smallpox and adap only one of them is approved, adapted for monkeypox, but they used anim animal testing for the smallpox vaccine to infer over for that. That's incredible. And WHO, on top of all of that, just like they did with COVID, by the way, steps up and says, well, we don't recommend mass vaccination for monkeypox at this point. Just like before they said, we don't think it's an emergency. And then a week later said, it's an emergency. Not much change between that week time, to be quite honest. I argue this is just the process. Just like they did with COVID, they came out and said, well, we don't think we should do it just yet. And then came out later and said, yep, do it, do it. So I don't really, I mean, I don't, this non-doctor means absolutely nothing to me at this point with how much they've been showing themselves to be completely not doing things for your best interest. But it's interesting to see the contrast. Remember in the beginning when you, you're not allowed to challenge WHO guidelines. Well, it doesn't really matter unless if, if you're them, right? 
trust the science means whatever they want it to mean. And as I think I've showed previously, but just to show again, Tedros is now calling on all social media platforms to work with the WHO, which is incredible, to counter monkeypox disinformation, which they would argue is exactly what I'm doing. Despite me using their documentation and peer-reviewed science to point out all the real dangers inherent with everything that's happening right now and just asking questions they don't want to be asked. But I said, to make the real point, seeing as how almost every major COVID vaccine claim that we just went over, most of them, like fertility, was dismissed as fake news, or, I don't know, vaccine shedding, and has been admitted to now, I don't know, blood clots, VITT, heart attacks, myocarditis, whether they stop transmission, and T-Lab was censored for every one of those, by the way, why would we now trust what they say is monkeypox fake news? doesn't matter where you stand. You have to admit that's ridiculous. But they don't care. Now, where are we at? Two and a half. I'm going to try to finish this off pretty quickly. Or let's see. Yeah, I can do this pretty quick. Now, I wanted to play. This is actually pretty crazy to me. As I said, and they've now named the world's first heat wave Zoe. I'm not even making this up. As I said, to quote Slow News Day, we live in an effing cartoon. So check this out. This is the clip from the World Duck. And actually, I forgot I'm going to play it here because there's no no words, really. It says, the, the world has named its first heat wave, and it's called Zoe. Zoe, they focus on Spain, and hit 43 degrees Celsius. I mean, which, by the way, is hot, but it's not unprecedented. They're clearly using this in some of the hottest locations. I mean, it doesn't even matter. You can point at places in the United States or in, the, in Europe that I already went over extensively. In London, for example, with the London Fire Brigades, that we have fires because of, of the temperature, and it was 90-something degrees that day in, in Fahrenheit. That's, it's ridiculous that they would argue that could possibly cause fires or that it was specifically because of that. Or Marion Barber arguably dying in his own apartment in Texas on an 86-degree day from heat stroke. It's just, these are painfully stupid, but it's not to say there's not a heat wave, but it's named. This is such obvious propaganda. It says there isn't an international system for naming heat waves. Why we even need to? And to argue that it's a heat, a worldwide heat wave, which is not even really what they're saying. They're making it sound like that when all they're pointing at is Spain. This is propaganda to argue that we're in global warming. Now, you, you get the point. I don't need you to li listen to more of that nonsensical music. Here is Scientific American. Zoe becomes the world's first named heat wave. This you, can, you can see it somewhere else. Now, one thing I want to point out, this has been circulating, and I went through and looked most of these up, and the point is that this is, this is a genuine post. Not to say that these are real or that that is the case, but these are actual posts on corporate media. And it goes back to 2015 and before. But it's not the point to say it's all from today. Just to show you, as they all say, Finland is warming faster than the rest of the world. Canada is warming faster than the rest of the world. Australia is heating up faster than the rest of the world. Right. So they're all heating up faster than everybody else. Does that make sense? Obviously not. It is a game to build up to where we are now because there's been, agenda, there's been this agenda for a long time. Here's some examples. Oh, here, first of all, here's the tweet where I got it from on TrendsMap. But here are some of the posts. This is 2022. Why Singapore is heating up twice as fast as the rest of the world. These are all varying years, 2015, 2016. I'll just understand that. I'm going to read them off reasonably quickly. Though it's, it's from, I think most of them are 2015 forward. Australia is heating up faster than the rest of the world. 
New England is heating up faster than the rest of the world. Sylvania is heating up faster than the rest of the world. I mean, come on, guys. They're only being quoted. This is ridiculous. And oh, and, and this was a good, that's what I did. This I, I got rid of most of them so I could have just one page. You can scroll through this and look at them all for yourself. Canada's warming up faster than the rest of the world. Same thing. Arctic warming twice the rate. Mountains are warming twice as fast. Deep Gulf, Maine has been swarming twice. It's all twice as fast as everyone else. Twice as fast as everyone else. Finland, China, national parks. I mean, come on. Russia is warming 2.5 times quicker than the rest of the world. It's ridiculous. We need, and this is, goes back to the beginning clip, whether it's the CIA or the government or whatever else, they are planting this stuff. So the point is, that's obviously not true. How could it possibly be true that everywhere else is warming faster than everywhere else? It is about arguing that we're all going this way, right? Well, good, look at this, guys. This is alarming stuff. This is an actual post from TRF Climate. I was just making a point about this the other day. They're asking the open question, should we, quote, dim the sun to tackle global warming? Scientists are torn. Yeah, let's, let's mess with the only thing that keeps us alive on this planet to tackle something that's not actually happening. Not to say we're not destroying this planet environmentally and otherwise. That's obviously there, but it's not the way that they're making it out to be here. It was once going too cold. Now it's getting too hot. It's ridiculous. There, This is about an agenda. The carbon tracking and everything else that I'll point out at the end. The bottom line is this, even if you think it's the right thing to do, what if they make a mistake? I mean, how in the world have we actually gotten into this dystopian movie setup? I mean, this is ridiculously alarming. Here's the actual post of right here. Could dimming the sun help turn down global heating? <laughs> it might sound like science fiction, but some are exploring the idea. Oh, look, geoengineering, fake news. Until we talk about it for climate. Well, we just talked about this one. Remember this? MIT scientists say space bubbles could help reverse climate change. Same point. They're talking about putting these in the environment, in the world, in the ionosphere to block the sun. Like that's a good thing for us. That's the last thing anybody should want right now. Vitamin D is helping you. Well, here's the Daily Mail countering that. But of course, they're going to, oh, it's a Republican, conservative. Well, no, this is based on a UN report. But you see, they'll never see that if they read the headline and go, oh, or just see Daily Mail and go, oh, fake news, conservatives. And the same thing happens in reverse. Oh, CNN, fake news. Well, probably. But how about you just look at it? and then decide what the source material is. A lot of these people are fake news, including the Daily Mail. But at the end of the day, is they do put out stuff that you should in, 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 engage with. Top, top World's top climate scientist, whatever that is, told to cover up the fact that the Earth's temperature hasn't risen for the last 15 years. Now, of course, the argument's going to be, well, 15 years is a small frame in the larger scale. Well, of course, that's what we would say when you're breaking down their small little grass of like the last year. But, you know, it flip-flops when they want to use the same thing. But the point is, either way, it's not about whether that's the right time frame. It's to show you that they just don't want you to see things that don't line up with what they want you to hear. That's every party and every part of this and government and everything we talk about. Leaked UN report reveals the world's temperature hasn't risen for 15 years. Fears that the findings will encourage deniers of man-made climate change. Same thing we just talked about in, in the vaccine conversation or anything else with COVID. They are censoring factual things because how they argue it could be misrepresented. Where else do we hear that? Oh, that's right. Russia's manipulating our election by giving you truthful information. That was literally what they argued. It doesn't matter whether it's true. You're helping Russia. No, I'm helping me 
by exposing the government who's lying to us. I don't care where it came from. I still vet it and check it and do my due diligence, whether it comes from Russia, the U.S. government, which are equally concerning, or anywhere else. That's because that's what honest people do, their own due diligence. The frustrating part of this is that it's they're openly saying we want to hide things that are true because of how it could be used. Scientists working on the most authoritative study on climate change were urged to cover up the fact that the temperature hadn't risen in 15 years. That's their report. It was leaked, compiled by hundreds of scientists, shows that politicians in all these areas were concerned about the final draft because it could be used. Well, gee, maybe it's because their agenda doesn't work with that. Well, here is, I won't play it just because I'm tired of listening to them speak, but this is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau meeting with Governor Gavin Newsom? So a foreign leader dealing with a governor? As I said, am I the only one who finds it odd that a state governor is dealing directly with leaders of foreign governments? I mean, wh- I mean, if that was the China Chinese leader, would you be concerned? Yeah. How about the Russian leader? Obviously. Why not the Canadian leader? Oh, because good guy, right? That's a stupid thing to say if you th- thought that. But the bottom line is, it doesn't matter whether it's good guy, bad guy. That's not supposed to happen. I said, not to mention climate initiatives they're discussing is just code for control over your life. Even if you agree with them, it still talks about controlling your life for the greater good. They're controlling your life. So why is Canada meeting with a governor of the the United States to discuss your life as an American? I mean, there's no way that makes sense in any way you spin this other than we all fight for climate change that we're on the same side. That's the point. It's they're trying to dissolve these lines. Here is an interesting point in regard to the farming part of this, right? And I wanted to play this because it actually did it explains this really well. As it says, new farming rules are Trudeau's craziest idea yet. Watch this. This, this is actually really well done. A number of people have remarked to me just the past couple of days that the more they reflect on Justin Trudeau's proposed fertilizer regulations, the crazier it seems to them. It just strikes them as Justin Trudeau's wildest idea yet. So what it is, is a plan by the feds to reduce greenhouse gas emissions associated with fertilizers by 30%. And by the way, that's not just Justin Trudeau. So this is, this is obviously framed around Canada, but that's honestly, this is the sun, obviously problems. That's, that's what you get from corporate media, what they want you to see. But the truth is it's the whole world. Countries all around the world involved with Agenda 2030 are doing this right now and blaming it on Putin. It's Putin's gas hike. It's Putin's food supply. They're taking action with a stated goal of reducing this by 30% and then blaming anybody else they can as they do things that they said earlier would affect these exact situations. They're just playing games with you. So understand it's not just Trudeau, but it's important to hear this point and hear it as it relates to every country and every government that's doing this. People in industry say basically that means reducing the use of fertilizer by 30%. And what that actually in turn means, because we rely on a fairly efficient usage of fertilizer right now to to feed people to basically have our our modern food system this means a major reduction potentially in in farms farms going out of business going bankrupt potential decrease in the food supply which in turn means a further increase in the cost of food at a time when we're already dealing with major inflation for food right and this is something the government appears committed to doing they first floated the idea in december 2020 I think a lot of people behind the scenes in industry were optimistic that 
it wouldn't go to pass or they'd somehow water it down, tone it down. But that doesn't seem to be the case. The And it's all about because it's the, quote, right thing to do. Doesn't matter what you stupid people think, despite the fact that they alternatively pretend that they do what you vote for. Right. I mean, think about how contradictory that is. That's what they're doing right now. Agree, making deals with foreign governments and foreign people and Davos and having their conversations about what we want to change and coming back and doing what they've quietly agreed is the right thing to save the planet. Even if that's, if that's even what they actually think, or that's just the stated under, under the cover narrative, like how, whatever that means. But either way, it's not what you voted for. It's not what you agree to. And it's hurting you. It's to your detriment, your food, your family, your security, your job. But Putin did it though, right? Government wants to go full steam ahead with this. Now you've got farmers very frustrated. You may have seen headlines that said Canadian farmers protesting this past weekend in solidarity with Dutch farmers. There's a similar policy in the Netherlands right now, and this has Dutch farmers actually blockading highways, blockading supermarkets. There's a lot going on because they are saying this is going to see many of our farms shut down and it's going to increase the cost of food. Well, yes, they were protesting in support of Dutch farmers, but they were also talking about this policy. And I think farmers are getting increasingly frustrated as we get nearer to the time when they believe this policy will be implemented. So you're going to see a lot more frustrations, not just in solidarity with Dutch farmers, but what's soon going to be happening to Canadian farmers. A policy all in the name of fighting climate change. It seems like every, every second week there's a new policy that the Trudeau government brings out all very hyper-focused on climate change issues. And this one, this one is really getting people talking. And just on, and this is just one example. As I know you guys have seen, we talk about the food plants burning down and all these things. You know, I can't ever prove that there's a coordinated effort, but it's pretty damn obvious and conspicuous that during these situations, we just so happen to find the exact things they're targeting have these mistaken, pro these ah, random accidents, right? As he says, nothing to see here. Just 43 train carriages overturned, all carrying fertilizer in Canada. Yeah, no big deal. That's what you're looking at right now, guys. Think about how crazy that is. While they're the ones actingly, actively saying, we need to reduce this and doing so to your detriment, you continue to see, you continue to see these kind of things happen. We need to reduce this kind of meat consumption. Oh, look at the meat plants burning down. Like, I mean, you can't prove it, but come on. There's got to be something going on here when they're actively doing this from every possible angle. It's my opinion. Now here's Mark Root, Rut, Rudy, forget how to say his last name, Prime Minister of the Netherlands, openly conversing while this is all happening about transforming the food systems. You know, like, you know, decades from now, not now, of course, while we're literally doing it. Like my joke there is that they always talk about this stuff because they think they, they think that you'll think that it's not what we're doing in this moment. They're transforming the system in front of you right now and pointing at Putin. That's how stupid they think you are. That's how much they underestimate you because you're not that stupid. To announce that the Netherlands will host the global coordinating secretariat of the World Economic Forum Food Innovation Hubs, which will connect all other food innovation hubs. And I believe this is important because it will be facilitating to create uh, the partnerships we need. So it's all three together, the UN, science and data, but also the role of uh, the business community and how to leverage and scale up uh, what is happening there. So that will be my... Right. Okay. So 
the UN, the, w, the World Economic Forum, and then multiple nations and their leaders are going to get together and discuss how to transform the food system. Where do you come into that? Where does your vote come into play? Where does your democracy play a role? Right? Let's let's acknowledge that that adult Santa Claus illusion that we have. These people care at all what you think. It's obvious what's happening. If they're meeting and collecting and having conversations about dramatically changing these things, it's not Putin's fault. They're doing this to you now. We need to acknowledge that. First reaction, Madam Moderator, to your question. The objective is, and what the significance is, um, why you are making regional um, innovation hubs. What is the objective? Well, to, to be very clear, what we uh, what we need to do here, it, it, it particularly has to do with the role of, yes, science and uh, data. It has to do, of course, with UN system, but particularly here what we need to achieve is that uh, the role of um, the business community uh, and the way they can help us to create these solutions. But then particularly the, the, the question, and I, I had this discussion many times with the big companies here in the Netherlands, Unilever, uh, Royal DSM, others in the, in the food sector. How can we not only make use in our countries of what is happening in these companies, but these companies themselves have a worldwide reach. So it's, it's not just... Right. Don't miss that small point in there, which we'll play again at the second with New Zealand. You know, make use of what's happening. That's the same old narrative. You know, we got to capitalize on what COVID-19 did. Of course, we pretend that that wasn't part of the plan, you know, but the idea is that this is something that's being utilized, even if you don't think that they made it happen. Uh, uh, the world community or governments which will enable scalability, we also need here the, uh, the impact of uh, the business uh, community. And to support this, um, it, it's crucial uh, that we have, um, and this is a particular new initiative by the World Economic Forum, that we have these innovation hubs, but then if you would have them only at a global level, we all feel that we would miss out in terms of what is needed in particular areas. And that is why we need them in the regions. Uh, we think in the, yeah, in, in the big uh, geographical regions like Africa and Asia, but also South America and Europe. So they're talking about these international hubs, you know, to transform their systems. Like, does Africa want that? Right. Does, does, do, does Niger want it? Does South Africa want it? Have we actually asked the peoples of these countries whether they want this? Let's ask them how the, the oral polio vaccine worked out. Let's ask them how the GMO savior worked out in India. Right. It hurt them. It did the exact opposite of what they promised. That was Bill Gates and the GMOs and genetically genetic manipulation. That's what we're dealing with right now. Vaccines and genetic altering. That's what they're, they're talking about, altering things because of their top down decisions, whether or not you want it. I can't believe we still let these people do these things. So that we have the business community to connect with, in these areas, the regional stakeholders. Finally, as Peter Sweden points out, this is insane. Now, this is not new, but it's important to put this all together. He says, there's a Swedish credit card that tracks your carbon emissions. We've already pointed this out in the past. It blocks further purchases if you exceed your CO2 limit. Now, he says, remember when this was crazy conspiracy theory? Now, it's for, important to point out that this at first, or at least how they frame it now, is a, it's by choice. You can do this because you want to do this because you want to be better or whatever. But realize that they're already building the infrastructure here. They're already talking about the World Economic Forum guy talked about uh, the idea of, of tracking your carbon. 
thought I had, no, I, I mean, I still, I'm going to bring this up real quick. I thought I had that clip. I guess I'm not going to try to search for it. I forget where that is. But you guys remember the guy, the World Economic Forum guy who just said this, who is working on this new thing to, tra- to track your carbon and so on. Well, they're talking about a credit card that does it already. That is social credit. That is everything you want. And we've discussed it as. Whether or not it's forced or coerced or mandated doesn't change the fact that it's real and it's happening. And at some point, if they then go, well, we now are in dire straits. Now we have to make you use this. So it's going to be automatically updated on your digital ID and your vaccine passport. And now it's going to happen just like that. That's the infrastructure built underneath you. And then suddenly you're there. That's the reality here. Here's the actual page. Do Black, the world's first credit card with a carbon limit. This is from April 2019, right before this all started. What a coincidence. Here's the video. In 2018, the United Nations released an urgent report emphasizing the need to cut carbon emissions in half by 2030 in order to avoid an irreversible climate crisis. The average consumer in Sweden causes around 10 tons of carbon emissions each year, of which 60% is linked to consumption. Later in 2018, Deconomy, a Swedish fintech, took on the challenge and launched Do, a mobile banking service for everyday climate action. The Do app is connected to a credit card that enables users to track and measure their carbon footprint from each purchase and to compensate for its impact day by day. This spring, Deconomy took its fight against climate change one step further by adding a premium credit card to its offer. But instead of introducing a premium credit card with the typical benefits that encourages further mass consumption, Deconomy did the opposite by launching Do Black, the world's first credit card with a carbon limit. Simply put, it's the first credit card ever to stop you from overspending. Transaction denied. You've reached your carbon limit. Now let that sink in. Yes, it's by choice. But so too are most things when they begin, like the COVID injections that were completely by choice right up until they weren't. This is how it goes. Not based on your available funds, but rather on the levels of CO2 emissions caused by your consumption. Right. You know, the things that that only you'll be forced to care about because the big companies will just pay their fines and you'll be forced to deal with the repercussions and not be able to get gas and so on. Right. Just like always, the military keeps on polluting while they pretend like you're the biggest problem. It's just typical how this always goes. But just remember how that ten, how that will all, like the situation with the injections, the same thing. It'll start where they go. Only good people are doing this. If you're a good person, you'll do this. The bad people or rather say the only the bad people aren't doing this. Right. Do you care about the planet? Are you a good person? Do you care about your grandmother's health? Well, you're going to get this card because that's the right thing to do. Then it will become if you don't do this, you're killing your grandmother. You're killing my children. How dare you not do this? How, we should, how, why don't we put sanctions on them for not doing this? Government, help me. And then suddenly the government steps in and says, well, we have to do this because the planet's going to be killed by 2030. You could already see how this works. It's just that simple. And it all starts with a choice. Well, we also have things like this. From August 1st, in, in Israel now, cash transactions above 6,000, illegal. Remember when that was a conspiracy theory too? Cashless, you know, the cashless uh, society and the whole thing? Fake news until we do it. 
Well, guess what? Those they're also doing splitting, splitting people that split payments to avoid it will be jailed. Can't screw the system. You can't spend 2000 here, 3000 over there or split it half and pay next month. We'll catch you. Does that sound like it even matters about actual cash? No, that's about getting rid of nothing, anything other than digital transactions. I mean, what, what would be the danger of letting them split payments? You see my point? This is, it, it's, it, by the way, it also says law also applies to checks. You see, it's not about the cash and about the danger. It's about anything other than digital. Israel's always like this when they're clumsy and, on, and just very on the face about what they're trying to do. They feel like that it's like a pride thing. Oh, we come out and they laugh about how we encourage those people. It doesn't even matter. The point is, this happens often from Israeli government, but illegal. 6,000 or more. Guys, it's already sort of happening in this country. You notice how you can only take so much out of your bank account from the ATM or even from the teller. You have to start explaining why you're taking out bigger amounts. It's none of your damn business. You don't get a right to dictate. That's why banks are a problem. That's why people like Derek are already debanking their lives, and I'm doing my best to do the same. Well, here's another example of financial control. Here's Deputy Prime Minister Christina Freeland saying the names of both. Let's see if it's loud. Hold on. I don't think I got this one. You're confirming that accounts have been frozen, both personal and corporate, but you're not releasing the information. And the actual follow-up is, um, I'm just wondering whether the bank accounts will be targeted of individuals who donated to the Give, Send, Go and the GoFundMe campaigns. Are they considered designated people under the Emergencies Act, meaning that their credit cards could be cut and financial services are targeting them as well? So the names of both individuals and entities as well as crypto wallets have been shared by the RCMP with financial institutions and accounts have been frozen and more accounts will be frozen. Uh, well, there you go, guys. They're, they're giving your names away. Just Why? Because you're part of a trucker protest? Did you break the law? No, no. But they just, they've just, just designated you as a gross human being for, for being a part of what they don't want you to be a part of. I mean, this is completely off the rails, even for them. Crypto wallets been shared, been frozen, financial accounts. I mean, this is, I mean, this is so obviously what we've been warning about in every possible way. And here is Prime Minister of New Zealand telling you that this has been the plan. Kind of like we keep telling you. As she says, very clear right here. COVID has, quote, given us the ability to build back better. As she says, I'm confused why you still think I'm spreading conspiracy theories. Bernie's tweets pointing this out when it's literally from the horse's mouth. <laughs> I think pun intended. Here's, here's what the, uh, the clip actually said. The pandemic has been the ultimate disruptor. It has changed our... The pandemic has been the ultimate disruptor. It has changed our realities and given us cause to pause and reflect. And the disruption is an opportunity for us to reset. And over the next three years, there is much work to do. We will build back better from the COVID crisis. Better, stronger, with an answer to the many challenges New Zealand already faced. This is our opportunity. Fortunately for us, we already have a blueprint for such a world and the Sustainable Development Goals. Oh, what a, what a fortunate coincidence. How serendipitous. We just so happen to have a plan exactly for this. What do you know? 
and the 2030 Agenda. We have incorporated the principles of the 2030 Don't miss the Bill and Melinda Gates sponsors right above that. Agenda into our domestic policy making in a way that we hope will drive system level actions. Right. So right, by driving you and everyone else to do what they've decided independent of you is the right thing. Right. Democracy, right? This is not just a new scorecard. It is about fundamentally changing how we make decisions and therefore how we allocate resources. Right. And did you vote for that? No, no. They're, see, they're deciding for you. That's the reality here. And do you remember when Biden in the beginning was like, build back better? And, they, and we asked, and they're like, he's like, no, no, I, is that, what is that? Is it great? Said, I don't know. That, that's just my campaign slogan. Now, maybe he actually stupidly thought that because he can't think straight. But the point is, they denied that build back better was anything other than a campaign slogan for his campaign, while literally every leader around the world was saying it. I mean, that's how, that's how embarrassing this has all been. But this global pandemic has also created an opportunity to build back better. Building back better, this pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. This is our chance to accelerate our pre-pandemic efforts. Now we have to accelerate because we are living the first consequences of basically climate disorders. It's time to rush and President Biden is 100% right to do so. Last week, I shared the outlines of my plan to build back better. It's about building this country back better. As Europeans, we increased our target. I could, I could let it play. There's another minute and a half of that. All, I mean, you guys have seen it a hundred times. And yet Biden still stupidly argues that it was just a coincidence. Just a coincidence. It's just a coincidence that they literally had Build Back Better written on the podiums of these people. But it, they just, what, they just steal it from you? Simultaneously have the same idea? I mean, this is, again, how stupid they actually think we are. And they're wrong. And to finish off today, Klaus Schwab, the revolution will come as a tsunami. Right. They're, if you, if they're telling you if you just listen to them, guys. That's the reality of where we are right now. Short, we need a great reset. The fourth industrial revolution will impact our lives completely. It will not only change how we communicate, how we produce, how we consume. It will change actually us, our own identity. Right, right. And I'll play the clip at the end to finish off here today where he explains to you that that's the fourth industrial revolution and that that's what we're currently in. So as he's telling you, it will change everything you understand right now, which is what we're in, he's telling you. But it's Putin's fault, though when we talk about it in the media, because that's how dumb they think you are. They're literally telling you, we're going to change the food system. We're going to change the electric. We're going to change the grid. We're going to change everything you understand because it's better for you, though. Trust us. We don't care what you think, but trust us. And then if you actually point at it, they go, oh, Putin is my chain. He's Putin and the wheat and the, their fault. I mean, it's, it's, they don't even have an argument for this. They're telling you it's happening and then arguing you're wrong when you point it out. <laughs> it just blows my mind. Of course, gives life uh, to such uh, policies and uh, developments like uh, smart traffic, smart government, smart cities. Yeah, smart life, smart control, smart lockdowns. Exactly. The complete control of your life. What we will see is that uh, everything will be integrated into a ecosystem driven by big data and uh, driven uh, particularly 
by close corporation also. Oh, good. Big data and corporations, because they're historically the ones that fight for freedom, right? Or are they historically the ones that ruin? And I mean, I mean, for crying out loud, the last 20, 30 years of movies have all centralized around the bad corporations killing everybody. But yeah, let's let them run everything. <laughs> Why is this even a thing? I mean, really ask yourselves that big data and corporations because that I mean it just screams honesty doesn't it of governments uh, with um, uh, business civil society and this revolution will come at a breathtaking speed it will be like a tsunami and actually it's okay and that's the main point there so what he just said is that when this happens what he's saying is right now and i'll play that at the end that's the fourth industrial revolution what he's saying is today he said it will happen like a tsunami. Exactly. They're pulling out the rug and they're doing it right now as they're lowering nitrogen and removing fertilizer and acting like we don't know what's going on. They're doing it because they've already made these choices and it doesn't matter what you think. Not just a digital revolution. It's digital, of course, physical. It's nanotechnology, but it's biological. also biological. Uh-huh. And so three-dimensional provide... That's the gene therapy manipulate, the biological changing. It's a particular force to this revolution. So what the World Economic Forum is doing is to promote uh, this public-private cooperation to master the force industrial revolution. Mm, yep, public-private partnerships, because that's screen- the same thing, guys. This is That's the illusion of accountability. Act the government's working. You, there's if you want a FOIA request, nope, sorry, it's a it's a private company working with the government to, to control your life. But we can't ask any questions now. The problem is it's that obvious, guys. All of it's there for you, as always. Long show today, of course, but it's important to see this information. So I'm going to end with that clip to show you what he just said. There, he argues is right now, and they have for a long time. It just matters about whether or not you have the discernment, the the wherewithal to see how clearly they're doing this to you and blaming anything else they possibly can, whether that's the injections, Great Reset, technocracy, climate change. I mean, everything they're doing right now is pointing other directions while they're watching it happen, while they outline it would happen in exactly this way. Just got to just gotta let yourself see it. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. What the fourth industrial revolution will lead to is a fusion of our physical, our digital, and our biological identities. The difference of this fourth uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you if you take a genetic editing, right. uh, just as an example. It's you who exactly. are changed. Yeah. And of yeah. course, this has a big impact yeah. on your identity. Yeah. It is important to use the COVID-19 crisis as a timely opportunity. So people assume uh, we are just going back uh, to the good old world which we had um, and everything will be normal again in how we are used to normal in the old fashion. This is, uh, let's say, fiction. It will not happen. Um, The the, uh, cut which we have now um, is much too strong uh, in order not to leave traces.